listening to the Ballroom Network. The following program is intended for all audiences. Welcome to the South Burbs Hitmen Podcast with your hosts, Joe Mandel, Stephen Zim Zimmerman, and Vinny Parisi. We're bringing you the White Sox coverage you need from the perspective of true Southsiders. Grab your Comiskey dog with an ice cold beer and meet us at section 155. Everyone get on your feet for your South Burbs Hitmen! That ball hit deep. Way back. You can put it on the board. Yes. Jimenez in the air. Left field. He's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. Over the head of Jenks. Uribe charges close. Out. And the White Sox have won the World Series. Alexei. Yes. Yes! 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 History! A perfect game by Mark Burley, and what an unbelievable, unbelievable play by Dwayne Wise. First pitch starts now. Look at me forgetting to take the banner down. I'm under your host, Joe Mandel. Welcome to South Burbs Hitman, and I forgot to take down the banner, but that's all right. We're here. We're going to talk some White Sox baseball. And before we bring on our very special guest, I got to talk to my White Sox brothers in arms. I'm talking about Steven Zim Zimmerman and Vinny Parisi. Gentlemen, a week of up and down and consistent baseball, but I think we can all agree that this team has the pieces to get us where we need to be. Vinny, uh, we've had nine run 10 run games and we've had zero run games just what are your overall thoughts right now before we bring on our guest the pitching that stunk in the first you know couple games of the season has started to really come back down to earth and you could come back down to earth you could regress to the mean positively too and you know people always Mm -hmm. think regressing to the mean thinks you get worse well sometimes it does but sometimes you're so bad that it's unrealistic to think it'll stay that way that was the case for the pitching early on and the bats were probably unrealistically hot to start the season too, so that's the back down to earth a little bit. Now there's a bit more balance. You need you need to score a little bit more often, I would say, though, to put it in layman's terms, to keep squeaking out these wins. But a nice win against the Minnesota Twins today, so I'm happy with it. Yeah, yeah, me too. Bullpen looks good. The everything's starting to kind of come into place, and like we said, it's a long season, so we'll see how things go. But Steven Zimmerman, on a non-specifically baseball-related note, how excited are you to talk to our guest on this show for the second time? Yeah, uh, I've been looking forward to it all week. We got Ryan Lee, the in-stadium host for the Chicago White Sox, with us today. Uh, he was a blast to have on last season. We've had his uh, co-host in the stadium, Alyssa Bergamini, on a few times as well. And it's always fun to talk to you know the folks working at the stadium to hear about what life is like there in the day in and day out finding out about, you know, maybe some new food items we didn't hear about already, even though we've got our finger all over that one, but just, uh, yeah, I'm excited. Bring them on in, Joe. Let's talk to Ryan. Without further ado, let's bring in our special guest. Ryan Lee's in the house. Ryan, thanks for being with us again, man. We're looking forward to it and we're ready for some white Sox baseball. Hi guys. 
how are you guys? Thank you guys for having me again. Of course, man. Oh, Thanks man. for coming on. How's how's been this? How's the start of the season going over there? It's been good. Me and Alyssa were talking at the home opener, and it feels good just to be back at the ballpark. Uh, I remember my first season at the end, everybody was telling me, like, you know, you become a family, and when we go away during offseason, you're going to be like, hey, where's everyone at? And I definitely felt that way. Like, I was like, man, I miss my White Sox family and my coworkers. So it feels good to be back at the ballpark, uh, to be back with the fans. Like, that energy on home opener day was really good. Yeah, man. Uh, it's it's nice to be back on the south side. It's just something about having baseball in your front pocket, and now you know it's here all the way through October and hopefully longer. Well, uh, October is is, right. the, is the is the pinnacle if we can if we can get that far. But Ryan, you're in year two. You know, are you excited for your sophomore season as the in stadium host? You know, just talk a little bit about you know going into year two and and your how comfortable you're getting now. No, absolutely. Season one, like my rookie season was definitely like trying to learn everything new. I was trying to learn all my coworkers. Uh, most importantly, I was trying to learn the new job. I was trying to learn everything going on at the ballpark. How do we move around? And like, you know, towards the end of the season, I was like, okay, I think I'm getting the swing of things. Uh, this season, I'm just excited to be back. And I think because I'm more familiar with the job that I'll be doing, I'll just be able to have more fun with the fans. And you'll hopefully, you know, you'll be able to see that and it will portray on the video board. Uh, so I'm excited to be back. I'm excited to just have fun again and to, you know, try different things. Me and Alyssa are excited for some of the new features that we're going to be doing this season. And you guys are going to be seeing a lot more of us on the video board. Uh, so I'm excited for that. My sophomore season, you know, more work It's going to be a lot more fun. So it feels good to be back. Like I said, the first year, the rookie year, you're kind of trying to learn every single thing. And sure. You don't want to mess up, and you're trying to do everything perfectly. Uh, but I'm excited to be back this sophomore season. Heck, yeah, man. We're, we're excited to have you back for another one. But, uh, yeah, man, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Zim, go ahead, buddy. Take it away. My bad. I thought Vinny was taking it next. All right. Well, hey, I mentioned it when uh, when we brought you on in, but food at the ballpark is just I mean, it's it's second yeah. to none at guaranteed rate. Um, yeah, we're really excited about the Elote corn dogs this year. But is there anything <laughs> in particular that like jumps out at you or anything uh, specific that that you've got to direct people towards? Can I just say, though, like during offseason, I truly miss the ballpark food. Like, I don't oh, think yeah. we highlighted of how White Sox has some of the best food at Guaranteed Rate Field. Uh, it's funny. I did a camera hit last game uh, for the new Vienna Beef Foot Long hot dog they have. That is in the Miller High Sky Lounge, the Miller High Life Sky Lounge in Section 548. Nice. It's literally the best the champagne of dogs is what they're calling it. <laughs> uh, I'm personally excited for the hot honey chicken fries. So Ooh. it's popcorn chicken and it is going to have hot honey barbecue sauce with fries. So yeah, there's a little photo of it. If you guys are into like hot honey sauce or like a chicken, that's a really good one. Also, a lot of my coworkers we were discussing, we're excited for the hog wild smoked rib tips. Like, Ooh. I don't think about going to a game and I'm going to have rib tips. But now that they're there at the ballpark, I'm definitely going to have to get those this season. Dude, that, who, who, who ever thought that you can get rib tips at a ball game, right? Literally. <laughs> at a ballpark, right? And that's why I'm so excited. Like, I have to get those. And then, of course, you can't go wrong with, like, the helmet tenders and fries, the loaded nachos. Like, 
it's so hard working there because every game I'm like, all right, what I, what do I have to get this game? Yeah, That's there's, how- there's so many good options, man. <laughs> <laughs> there really, there really is, Ryan. I'm curious. You got a lot of fun things coming up this season, I'm assuming, and we'll get to a couple of the themes and whatnot yeah. that you might be able allowed to reveal. But is there a series this year that you already know is in the back of your mind? Like I can't wait for that series because we have multiple great theme nights, or because it's just a super exciting time at the ballpark. Like, does anything stick out when I ask you that? I think for me, honestly, and this was one of my favorites uh, last season, and me and Alyssa got to do it together, is when the Cubs come over. Uh, uh, such a big game. You know, it's it's huge. And that game, the energy from start, from when I got there, the tailgating, to when I left at the end, I, I can't even explain the energy. So for me, that is one, the Crosstown Classic, that I love doing with Alyssa. We do it together. And me, and I remember texting Alyssa, reminds you, this was like my rookie season. And I've gone to a Cubs and White Sox game, but I've never, of course, worked it. And I remember texting Alyssa like, oh, my God, like, this is insane. And I was just trying to, like, memorize my lines before doing the camera hit. But it was, like, so much screaming going on off of any little thing. But for me, that is what I'm looking forward to again this upcoming season. Can't beat the Crosstown Classic, man. And, and this this year, the Cubs are improved. The Sox are, you know, they're back on track. You know, yeah. I think it's going to be a really entertaining series to watch, too. So we're all I excited for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know. I think that, it's actually going to be – I think it's going to be a really good one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Sh- Chicago is going to be a party for those games. There's no doubt about that. But Oh, my God. Uh, as 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 Vinny alluded to a little while ago, the White Sox have some of the best themed nights in all of baseball. Just curious Absolutely. if you have a few favorites or if there's any new ones you might be looking forward to this season. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Elvis Knight is coming back August 11th. That's when we're going to be taking on Milwaukee. Elvis Knight last season was one of my highlights. I actually did the whole, uh, all my hits and everything dressed up in an Elvis costume. That oh, was nice. a lot of fun. Um, and then we had the Elvis impersonator at the end of the game, drive out, perform on the field. So Elvis Knight will be returning August 11th. I'm excited. We did not do this last season, but Alyssa told me we did do it a few seasons back. Dog Day is coming back. And that's going to be May 2nd, taking on Minnesota. Um, so I know a lot of people are looking forward to bringing their dogs. I think oh, Alyssa yeah. even told me she's bringing her dog. So I was like, Alyssa, I have to hold your dog and do a camera hit at the same time. I have to do it. Um, also, yeah, Rock and sure. Roll Night is co- – yeah, got to do that. Uh, rock and Roll Night is also coming back September 1st. I think that's when we take on Detroit. So I know nice. a lot of fans are excited for that. Um, and then we have a lot of good, good giveaways coming up this season. Yeah, we we alluded to some of them earlier in the season. It's just unbelievable. Every year they just get better and better and better. Yeah, um, yeah. I just like, don't know I, how the White Sox continue to do it. <laughs> the the sports jerseys are like some of my favorite. Like the crossovers. The, that's so cool. Yeah. No, literally some of the White Sox things. Like when I see some of the previews of what we're going to be giving away, I'm like wow like it's amazing like i feel like they really do take it to a next level uh i know a lot of people are going to be excited for the uh, hockey jersey that's going to be coming back saturday april 29th also the big one last year was the hawaiian shirt uh that's going to be june 10th against the marlins i've seen that one that one looks really cool this year 
Um, and then even coming up April 15th, we're going to be giving away a crew neck and it's like a retro crew neck for when they won the, uh, ALW series for, um, in 1993 when they won and it's oh, super yeah. cool. cool it's black it's i'm excited for that one we actually were showing it off at the last home stand so if you guys are like the first 15,000 fans uh coming up on saturday's game you can get that one as well it's 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 unbelievable the white Sox they just they just get it done year after yeah. year uh and, and as i was showing in, in the photo i mean the, the Aloy and Louis Robert bobbleheads are huge. The Southside Irish jersey. I yeah. mean, it just gets better every single year. So, uh, no, literally. And then I went shopping at the Chicago Sports Depot at the beginning of the season, and I, I was like in there forever. Like, okay, what am I actually? What am I getting? Because there's so many options. Like, when it comes to White Sox gear, it's really at the top level. And then the new uh, line that they have for 35th, 35th and Shields, the private yeah. label streetwear line. It's so cool this season. Yeah, man, it's, it's unbelievable stuff. And I real quick, I wanted to highlight a couple of the new promotional nights coming up this mm-hmm. year. I mean, family Sundays is still there, but you can't beat the value yes. in all of sports. I mean, you can go, you can take the whole family tickets start at 10 bucks, every single parking spots, $15. Um, and, and there's reduced price tickets if you sit in the lower corners or I believe in, in the outfield and, and the upper deck. So that's just unbelievable value to take a family. Um, Southside Mondays uh, is something that's yes. pretty cool as well. Of course, they wear the White Sox Southside jerseys. And then you can get a $20 concession credit. Uh, obviously, opening days past us, so that's not for opening day. But uh, that's just something really cool that's presented by United every single Monday night. And then new for yep. this year, Ryan, five dollar Tuesdays, and this Which is, is crazy. This is crazy. So you got this is new for this year. Check out everything you guys can get for five bucks if you go to the game. Five bucks for a Miller Lite or Modelo on draft. Five dollars for a hot dog, for some popcorn, for a piece of pizza, nachos, and Coca Cola products. I mean, does it get any better than that, guys? I mean, that's just that's just value at the ballpark too. No, you, you really can't beat that. And honestly, one of my favorites, too, is uh, Family Sunday. Sundays are a lot of fun. Having families there, uh, a lot of times I'll do camera hits in the Xfinity Kids Zone, and there's kids. And it's, it's a lot of fun. Family Sundays, I've realized last season, was like one of my fun ones. Actually, the first game that my family came to see me uh, for the first year, they came on a Family Sunday. So it was a lot of fun. You can't beat it, man. It's the best value in all of sports, as far as I'm concerned. So. Yeah. Now, speaking of other things that are brand new this year, you have taken your talents to the radio a little bit, right? Uh, can you talk to us about yes. some some of your spots on Kiss FM that you've taken over? I know it's uh, what is it Fridays and Saturdays, right? Or it started as Fridays and Saturdays, and now it's all week long. Yeah. So thank you for asking. Yeah. So I first started on Kiss FM just doing like the weekend overnights. And then about a year and a half, two years ago, um, it becomes where overnight, Monday through Friday, you can hear me on Kiss FM uh, starting at 12 a.m. And then I go until 5 a.m. And then it recently, just as like a few weeks ago, got extended to where now Saturday nights I get to hang out with the whole city of Chicago. Uh, I'm on starting at 8 p.m. It's thank you. Uh, I'm on 8 p.m. to 12 a.m. And literally it's like one big party. Like think about if you're going out and you're getting in an Uber and you turn on Kiss FM, it's one big party. I've had a lot (laughs) of lit callers call me up. I could imagine. uh, As you can expect. Yeah, as you can imagine. 
But it's just a lot of fun. It's a great time to hang out with Chicago. So you can catch me Monday through Friday, overnights, uh, 12 to 5 a.m., and then Saturday, 8 p.m. to 12 a.m. So radio's been a lot of fun. That's always been like kind of like one of my first loves. But now I get to do radio, and then I also get to mix it with the White Sox, Southside. Yeah. So it's, really, now, it's been good. Doing that early morning spot though like does that get rough when you've got like those mid-afternoon games like when you kind of have to be up for like 20 hours straight doing all that or or does it just grow on you over time like i want to say it's like when it's during a homestand that i'm working i think i just run off adrenaline honestly and i'm excited to be back at the ballpark so i'm really just like all right we got three games i got three shows that we're gonna do we got to memorize scripts we're just gonna make it all work now, catch me at, like, the end of the week, and I'm exhausted. I'm done for. Uh, I have to shout out Alyssa, though. She's always texting me, like, Ryan, did you sleep? Ryan, are you taking a nap? Like, she's always making sure I get my rest because the schedule is crazy. But I think because I'm running off of adrenaline, I'm good. And then once the White Sox go away and we're kind of at home or we're not working for a week, I'm kind of like, okay, now it's time to rest, and then we get back going. So it's a lot of fun. I I. You know, I'm tired, but it's what I wanted to do. I get to talk to Chicago on the radio, and then I get to talk to Chicago on the south side. Vin- Vincent, you're on mute, my friend. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. You don't stop there either, Ryan. Ryan, I have a cold, so I, I, I keep, like, coughing, and no one wants to hear that while. So that's why I mute myself. Um, <laughs> just in case you're not tired enough, though, you do a cooking show. Tell us about Kiki and Ryan. Am I saying that right? Yeah, cooking with Kiki and Ryan. Um, all right, so here's the catch. Neither one of us can cook. Um, oh, I doubt that. We both work at the radio station together, and we realize, okay, neither one of us can't cook. Uh, let's try to have a cooking show, learning how to cook. So we've been doing it for about a year now. We just celebrated our one-year anniversary. And basically, nice. we bring guests on, whether it's celebrities, artists, entertainers, comedians, whoever it may be. And uh, they try to teach us how to cook. And there have been some that I'm like, okay, this is good. This is edible. But there have been some that have been a complete fail. Uh, we have broken glass. We have, of course, set off the fire alarm smoke detector multiple times. Um, but it's a lot of fun. It's just, it's more entertaining purposes. I tell everybody, don't watch the cooking show to try to learn a recipe. You should probably just watch to be entertained. Yeah, man, that sounds like a lot of fun. And, uh, from some of the pictures I've seen on your Instagram and everything, it just looks like you guys are having a ball doing it, man. So congratulations on a full year of it. Uh, I know know you're a busy guy, so it's, it's to squeeze it all in. I mean, it's props to you, brother. (laughs) No, I appreciate that. It's it's a lot. <laughs> hey, man, he's the man that does it all. And uh, speaking of high energy, like people like you, you know, talk about the energy at Guaranteed Rate Field. You know, do you did you miss that energy in the off season? And and kind of how does that energy compare to being on the radio? Because it's a different dynamic, but I'm sure it's a similar adrenaline. Yeah. No, that's a great question. Uh, I actually remember the home opener. I was kind of like, okay, this is, I got to get back to doing radio and doing the White Sox. You know, am I going to be tired? What am I going to do? The moment, honestly, I got in the ballpark, it's like the energy was contagious and the tiredness that I had honestly went away. And it was so exciting just to be back when me and Alyssa were walking out onto the field. Like, it just felt like, okay, we're here. Like, I missed it. Um, So, honestly, the energy and guaranteed rate feel is amazing, as I know all three of you guys know. 
Um, even when we weren't having the best of season, it was still just exciting to be there because what I learned in this role is that you may meet somebody who's there for the very first time and you have to treat it like that. And I want to make sure when I'm on the mic and I'm on the video board, I'm bringing that same excitement, you know, depending on whether we're winning or losing. I want that fan who may be there for the first time to feel the excitement of trying the new ballpark food or, you know, going to the Xfinity Kids Zone or watching us do one of the games. So the energy there is amazing. It is different from radio. A lot of times in radio, it's either you by yourself in the studio or you may have a few people in there with you and you guys try to bring that same energy to when you guys are listening to us on the radio. Um, a lot of times the music helps us bring that energy. But being at Guaranteed Rate Field with all the 40,000 plus fans, I mean, it's not, it's nothing like it. I remember actually last season when Dylan Cease was about to have the no-hitter game and I remember we finished everything and then watching it from the TV booth it was just, the energy was just, it was crazy. I, I can't even explain it. And, and I, I'll never forget the blackout game. I know this is before you, you jumped into things, but just, just that energy in that park. I, I just can't wait for another playoff game there. Hopefully it's this year. <laughs> right. Right. I remember watching the videos of that game and still seeing them in like some of our promos and, that's what a lot of my coworkers talk about is like, if there's that one game they remember and they all go to the blackout game. Yeah, man. It's, yeah. It, it was unbelievable. Even as a fan, like the blackout game, like, it, yeah. Yeah. Always that, that <laughs> that's where the mind goes, especially because of just the end of it and everything and, and how it all culminated into that one, like perfect climax, like a movie scene, the way that literally only sports can do. Right. But, <laughs> You know, reeling it back off the field, you um you've shown that we don't all have to be like Frank Thomas and be a professional ball player to end up with a mm -hmm. career in sports media. You know, a lot mm -hmm. of these guys retire and end up that way, but for mm -hmm. you know, an average Joe like like you who I know you went to mm -hmm. school for it, but what advice would you have for somebody like like me or Vinny or Joe or anybody else out there who wants to get into um, more uh, radio, media relations, on-screen talent. What advice would you have for somebody wanting to get into that? No, that's a great question, man. I tell a lot of people and like students that I've talked to as well is like do exactly what you guys are doing right now. Like I love that you guys have this platform. I love that you guys come on here Monday nights and talk about this. This is exactly what I would tell people to do. I always tell people like, if you want to be a radio personality, nowadays we ask to see your social media and we ask, hey, can we see your pod? Can we listen to your podcast? I always tell people like, you know, build the brand, come with something. So when an opportunity comes, you can show them like, look, this is me. This is my podcast. I could be a host. So now I can be a radio host because it's the same thing. Even with you guys, you guys having this show, if you, there was a job in sports media that you saw open, look, we have all these episodes to show you guys of us talking about the White Sox, talking about what's going on. This is literally what I tell everybody is, what can you bring to the table? Like before it used to be, hey, just get on the table, get to the table, and then the opportunities are going to come. Where in this day and age, a lot of companies, whether it's radio or sports broadcasting, whatever it may be, they want you to come to show them like, hey, look what I bring to the table. So even before I got on air with Kiss FM and started at the White Sox, uh, I had my own podcast. And it was just to practice my interviewing skills. And it was to like, you know, so when that time comes, I could be ready. So I would tell anybody who wants to get in it, whether you're like me, who I didn't have a career, I was never a baseball player, but you know, I was able to build this brand that White Sox was like, hey, 
he does radio. He does hosting. Now we can mix all of them together. So for you guys, like if there was something you guys want to do in sports broadcasting, continue to do things like this. Build the platform, build the brand, and then you can show this. You guys literally have like a, a reel to show now. So I would always tell people, build the brand while you're waiting. So then when the time comes, you have all this to show. That's great advice, man. And and, and appreciate that. It's it's very yeah. amazing advice for everyone out there listening. I love it, man. I mean, just just thinking back to the fact that we're at the beginning of year three for us now. Like you're absolutely right. Like I, it, in the time you were talking there, it reminded me of building the interview skills, thinking of our first interview with Chuck Garfine to like now here with you, like how much the show has changed and grown. It reminds me yeah. of that old Dave Grohl quote of like, get your buddies in the garage and suck and you're going to suck. And it's okay. Cause you'll get better <laughs> over time. Literally. And like the fact that you guys have been doing three years, like I commend you guys on that because as you, you guys know, it's hard. It, it's another job to do this, put this together, come up with topics, book guests, and promote it, social media. It's truly another job. And the main thing you have to do is be consistent. Because in order to get your views up, in order to get your shares up, in order to get the support, people have to see, like, oh, they're for real about this. They really do this every Monday night. And the moment you, like, you guys, as you keep going, you literally will start to build that up. I know with my, I have a podcast with Beyonce Fox. And we just hit a hundred episodes, and I think we only Congrats, took off man. like three to four. Thank you. And it was we were just saying we only took off like three or four this whole time period, and that was because of like family deaths and like holidays. But because but we were like we have to stay consistent to build it. So like the fact that you guys have been doing this three years, I commend you because I know it's a lot. It can be a lot of work. Absolutely appreciate it, man. Thank you. Well, yeah, absolutely, man. That's great advice. So. We we talk about some of the positive things that like fans might you know the interactions and stuff. But has anybody ever like you know a road fan ever been like, hey, you're the dude on the jumbotron, and you know troll you a little bit or you know poke some fun at you or Alyssa, like you know just have fun with you guys and you know do you have fun with them back a little bit? Like, hey man, your team stinks. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I'm the one. I'm gonna have fun back with you, right? Like. You are a fan. We're all fans. We're here to cheer on our team. If you want to go for that team, that's unfortunate. But yeah. I'm going to have fun with you. Uh, I'm probably not going to let you on the screen with me because I do rep the South Side and I don't want somebody in a Twins t-shirt next to me. But I, you know, I haven't had any bad, bad experiences, uh, but I have, I like to have fun with them. And at the end of the day, we're all here to have a fun game. And I kind of, a lot of times, taking it back to our ballpark and our themes and the food that we have a lot of times if i'm talking to them i'm like i know you're enjoying those nachos that you probably don't get at your ballpark so enjoy welcome to guaranteed rate field uh i try to throw it back on them that way because there's a lot that i feel like we can pride ourselves in on the south side that a lot of other fields cannot that's that's the truth man and we know there's a lot of fun on the south side i think we all know that especially from everything going on screen to all the in-between stuff in the innings, which Ryan knows all about that, but uh, <laughs> there's always fun going on over there. But, you know, we have a little bit of fun every week here on the show. And, you know, we, we try to, we have a segment called pick the click where we pick a player, one player on the team for the week that we think is just going to have like an awesome week. You know, do you, do you okay. have one guy for this upcoming week? And we, we keep track of it, but statistically like, Oh, like and then we put a poll on Twitter for like who won at the end of the week. Just wondering if for the week coming up, if you have a player that you think is just gonna like, you know, hit like five home runs or just have like a great week. I will be honest with you. 
I was looking forward to seeing what Tim Anderson did this week. Nice. All right. So you, you I, take TA? I'm going to take TA. Oh, I saw well, he had a – yeah, yeah, I know. That's why I was like, to be honest, I was, I was looking forward to – I think he's going to be fine. I think he'll be back. I think it was just a little, you know. He played another inning or two. That's why I'm like, okay, it was probably sore. Like, he was able to play a little bit. I think that's a good pick, Ryan. I think that's a good pick. I'm going to go with Tim Anderson. I was looking forward to honestly seeing what he was going to do in this homestand. But I was like, okay, I see he had to get a little little soreness. But I'm with you. I think he's going to be fine. So I'm going to stick with T.A. I think the only worry with that pick is, like, it's, it's game 12 tomorrow. (laughs) <laughs> it's yeah. still early, so maybe they do give him that little bit of a uh, rest period. But hey, you gotta be yeah. an optimist, Sim. Come hey, on, hey, man. hey. Okay, fine. If he takes off the two games in Minnesota, though, and he's ready for the home crowd, he's ready to see Ryan Lee's face on the screen. He'll be ready to be Fair. back in the lineup by then. <laughs> I'm gonna tell him. I'm be like, Ta, I was on the podcast. <laughs> I had you on my list. <laughs> Yeah, you're my pick to click for the week, TA. Come on, man. <laughs> you got to get back out there, bro. My pride is on the line. <laughs> I have to win this poll. No, yeah, literally, we... TA, I need you back tomorrow. These guys <laughs> on Twitter, I swear to God, man. <laughs> Rough me streets, TA, you know. Well, well I mean, and, and if you, and if he does win, Ryan, you'll be on a streak because last week our guest on the show, they won pick to click, so – None of us have won yet, so it, maybe maybe you win again, so that none of us win again. So, <laughs> TA, the pressure's on. The pressure the is on. on. No, no, I love it, Ryan. Appreciate it, man. And <clears throat> you know, I know. I'm wondering before we let you go, if potentially you'd be able to give us a quick little station ID. Um, you know, I could type it up on the screen for you, so that uh, yeah. it's it's easy to go, but. Uh, you can put your own spin on it, obviously, but it's going to be like, you know, hey, I'm Ryan Lee, and you're wa- and you're watching South Burbs Hitmen. That I'll way, Ryan. You. That way, Ryan. You can be a guest on every single episode because I know that's <laughs> I what love- you went to school for all those years for. He's like Kiss FM, working for the White Sox. Awesome, you know, nice, cool. But you're on every episode of South Burbs Hitmen now. <laughs> Sign him up. Hey, it, that's better. I'd rather do this. <laughs> Yeah, and you can do it something along the lines of what I got. You can put your own spin on it or whatever. So whenever you're ready, I'll give you the okay. countdown, and uh, we'll go from there. So I know you're I know you're a pro's pro, so I'll give you the quick countdown, and here we go. It's going to be ready. Here we go. Three, okay. two, one. Hey, guys. I am Ryan Lee, one of your Chicago White Sox in-game hosts, and you are watching South, Bur- South Burbs Hitman. Do you want me to do that one one more time? Let's, so let's, do, it, it let's do it one more time. We'll do it one more time. I'll give you the okay. countdown. And here we go. We're going to go three, two, one. Hey, guys. I'm Ryan Lee, one of your Chicago White Sox in-game hosts. And you're watching the South. I keep saying the. Just South Burbs. Okay. You could do it either way. Whatever you want. It's all good. So we'll okay. take it. We'll take whatever you give us. So uh, uh, there, the South Burbs hit man. Hit South Burbs hit man. It's all good to us. So. All right, here we go. We'll all go right, one more time. Final three, third time's the charm. All right, that's right. Here we go. Three, two, one. Hey, guys, I'm Ryan Lee, one of your Chicago White Sox in-game hosts, and you're watching South Burbs Hitman. Dude, money. Dynamite. Ryan Lee with the perfect <laughs> take. There it is right there. And that, was mess ups there. that was <laughs> money. Guess what? They're not going to see the mess-ups on episode right. three, four, five. Uh-uh, none of that. You never yeah. mess up. I didn't see it. Yeah, nobody saw it. That's all that matters. It stays between the four of us. (laughs) 
it's <laughs> worth right. the extra takes when it sounds that good, right? <laughs> That's right. It's it's always worth the extra takes. And PZ says, great guess. What a good, positive person. That's right. Totally the vibe with Ryan Lee. Thank you. And uh, we all know he's a positive person because we was on the show last time we were at the game. And he's like, hey, man, let's find you guys. And we took this awesome photo. Oh, there's the pick. I love That's it. Right. Yo, That's right. I do remember I that. I love that. So you guys just have to, show to you how... let me know. When you... Yeah, yeah. We will definitely let you oh, know. No, I was going to say just, just how good of a guy Ryan is. He was done with his shift. And he and before he left, he's like, dude, I got to come find you guys and take a picture. So uh, Ryan's a great dude. Make sure you find him at the ballpark. Take a picture with him. Ryan, you're you're the best, man. It's uh it's always it's been fun getting to know you, and we're so glad you're able to come on the show again. No, I want to say again, congrats to you guys on three years. Like honestly, what you guys are doing is amazing. Uh, I remember when I first got this position, Alyssa told me about you guys, and she was like, "They're super cool, so nice," and you guys are literally that. So I knew I had to see you at that last game because the support that you guys showed me truly does not go unnoticed. So next time you guys are at the ballpark, I definitely got to know. And to all the fans that are watching, I'm excited to see you guys at the ballpark this season. It's a great energy. I think everyone's excited to be back. I'm excited to be back. It's going to be a good season. I'm excited for our White Sox. I truly am. Yeah, we're, we're all ready to get out to a game and uh, we'll definitely make a point to see you, Ryan. But uh, wishing you nothing but luck heading into your sophomore season. And uh, keep up the great work at Kiss FM. You know, Chicago gets its daily dose of Ryan Lee. So uh, <laughs> if you guys don't follow Ryan on social media, make sure you go give him a follow. He's at Ryan Media Lee. I know he's on Twitter. He's on Instagram. Uh, give him a follow and uh, just follow him. He does great work. So, Ryan, we can't thank you enough, man. You're, you're the best. And, Ryan, make sure you take thank a you nap, guys. man. Make sure you take a nap. Get yeah, some sleep tonight. Listen, I'm Italian. I know what it's like to have Italians on my case about getting enough sleep. So I can imagine what Alyssa does to you. So, No, Alyssa literally texts or tweets me all the time like, are you sleeping? Ryan, go to sleep. So I'm like, Alyssa, I'm going to get some rest. So I'm gonna, right after I get off of here, I'm going to get some rest. I promise. <laughs> all right. Good night, man. Good night. All right, Ryan. We appreciate it, Thank man. We'll see you so at the much. ballpark. Have a great night, man. Thank you so all much. Right. Thank all you, right, Ryan Lee, everybody. Absolutely great guest. Wonderful. He's he's the man. Um, the chat is saying the same thing. You know, Ryan, thank you for your time. Awesome. You know, he's just a great guy. And um, like I said, make sure you give him a follow on social media at Ryan Media Lee on Twitter and Instagram. Um, but real quick, guys, before we dive into the rest of the show, we are going to take a quick commercial break and we will be right back. Greg Gabriel former director of scouting for the Chicago Bears. This guy's more of a move guy than a Y. He's not very strong. He needs to get stronger, especially in the lower body. Danny Shimon, professional scout for player agents. An intriguing background. The more you watch him, the more you like this kid. Quality kid that caught a lot of people's eyes at the East West Shrine game. Between the two of them, they've posted over 100 scouting reports for Bears fans. I love him, and I think that he is a perfect three in this game for just ten dollars you can have access to every one of those videos marvin mims he's quick fast consistently gets open he gets in and out of cuts very very quickly just go to patreon.com forward slash barroom draft And we are back to South Burbs Hitman. Again, a huge thanks to our guest, Ryan Lee. 
Uh, just makes me want to go to the ballpark as soon as possible. I can smell it already. I can just smell the dogs and onions uh, and just that whole ballpark vibe. I'm ready for it. Sign me up all day long. Uh, but gentlemen, here we are. Uh, as Foster says, freaking Aldo, I, I would agree. I mean, nonetheless, we all agree. Um, <laughs> but here we are. It's been a heck of a weird week for White Sox baseball, guys. Um, it's been a roller coaster. I mean, I, at moments, I feel like they're world beaters. At moments, I feel like, man, frustrated. But one thing I can tell you is the bullpen settling down. I think we. I feel better about it. And I, I tweeted out earlier today on Twitter, the Sox are going to be getting back Garrett Crochet and eventually Liam Hendricks. I mean, this bullpen is going to be top-notch here in very short time, and they're already playing really well. We lost Joe Kelly to the IL today, which, you know, is unfortunate, but, you know, we'll, we'll see what we can do to get through it. But, Vinny, real quick, uh, you know, just, just your overall thoughts on, on the bullpen and, and the injury to Joe Kelly. So early in the season, the bullpen stunk. I kind of touched on it with just the pitching as the whole when the show first started. Um, it's, it's been a process. And we saw hints of it during spring training. Um, there are times where they look great, like they did today and yesterday. And there are times where they look awful, like they did against San Francisco and Houston for certain parts of it. And I actually thought after the Houston series, maybe I was crazy. But after the Houston series, I was like, okay, this White Sox team is back. Like, they, like I know it's crazy to say after four games. but I felt the same I was way. Like, they, they looked good, man. Like. They, I don't remember recall a season like or a series like that at all in the second half last of last year. year. Maybe, no. maybe that one in the second half. There were a couple early, you know, around Mother's Day. The White Sox really looked like a playoff team last year, and those, then it uh, fell off. It fell off at the Naylor game. Those those three games were right after Cairo, Cairo uh, took over. Miguel yeah. Cairo. Yes, those three Tyro games Santos. there. Absolutely, I know, almost that, that Santos. I'm like, that is so not right. Yeah, that and I, I, that series against Minnesota where Cease had the almost no hitter. Yeah, and they took they took two out of three from them. I think or they might have even swept them. But other than those two, the second half was it had no they series. Had like they exactly, and you know we hope that Joe Kelly comes back like he did earlier this season because the last week or so he hasn't been all that good. But and I kind of didn't even realize how tough it was for him the last week. I I wrote in my article that he had a decent start to the season because I feel like he did, but this last week or so hasn't been great. Maybe the injury had something to do with it. Um, Joe, I'm with you. Crochet, Crochet's not going to come back and save the world. I don't think he's he's still developing. He's got a lot to you know prove still to me. But I do think his, the arm talent is there, and he throws heaters when he tries to. Yeah, and he's a lefty, big lefty. That always that always makes a difference, especially with right-handed heavy lineups. So, and they're not going to play the Giants every year, who have you know a bunch of left-handed hitters in their lineup. Like I've never seen that before. Holy, that was so annoying. But um, yeah, the bullpen hit or miss at times. But I have a feeling we're starting to see them regress to the mean in a positive way up to this point. For sure. And Zim, uh, offensively, we've seen a bit of a roller coaster, you know, this last week as well. Nine runs, 10 runs, losing games with nine or eight runs. And then we lose a game one to nothing the next day. Um, just talk to me, Zim, real quick, what you've seen with this offense and yeah. uh, where it could go and, and where you think it is right now. I mean, if there's one thing we've consistently seen from the White Sox over the last 10 years, it's inconsistency, right? And that appears to be the same this year. It's it's really, really frustrating to see 
you know, these games where the pitching shows up and the hitting doesn't, and then the hitting shows up and the pitching doesn't. And for them to score nine runs and lose a game is, is ridiculous, but. And then give up one and lose. Yeah, exactly. Like you should win any game where you give up one run. That's just, that's, that's the way the modern game is played, but that's just not how it worked out for the Sox this week. I, I want to chalk it up to still just being early in the year. You know, some of these guys just haven't had enough appearances, really, especially the pitchers, you know, like Vinny was just talking about with the bullpen. It seems like they're starting to get back to where they should be. And it's just a matter of getting the appearances that they need. Um, The World Baseball Classic, for as much as I personally was excited about the performances that these guys put on, I almost wonder if it kind of disrupted that normal spring training flow for these guys because of the way that they've, you know, been sort of erratic with their performances, particularly like Juan Moncada came out of it really hot, stayed hot, and now disappeared over the last year. You know, it's a valid, it's a valid call out. And and again, it's it's all conjecture, it's all posturing. We don't know. It, my my best guess is that a lot of it probably has to do with the fact that they do have a new hitting coach, right? That's got a that's that's got something to sure. it, no matter what, whether it's good or whether it's bad, it's got something to do with it. That's without question. It's a going total to change in any, approach, that's for sure. Right, right. Now, on the other hand, they lead the league in hits so far this year as a team. Um, it's not close either. No, I, I believe they've got like thirty or forty more hits than the next best team. So, with if they can keep up that kind of performance, I mean, they put up another eight hits today. You know, yesterday was the anomaly, believe it or not, that one to nothing loss. They only got like four or five hits in that game. That, that's been the anomaly so far this season. They've regularly racked up eight or more hits in these games. So if they can continue to do that, if the bullpen can continue to sort of work things back down, we're probably going to see more games like we saw today where they're not really low scoring, but the Sox are able to overcome their deficiencies on defense and on the mound with those bats because there's no doubt this is a good hitting team you look up and down this lineup everybody in the league knows that Moncada should be a 300 hitter tim anderson is going to compete for a batting title luis robert if he ever lives up to his potential is going to be a 30 home run 100 rbi guy year in and year out same with eloy jimenez andrew benintendi has proven that he's that kind of guy i could go through this whole lineup we could break it all down i'm just wasting everybody's time and talking your ears off and eloy took batting practice today by the way that's awesome. Eloy probably could have really played. Eloy probably could have played if it were like an important stretch. Is kind of my understanding of how this it, whole yeah. thing happened, which is annoying in my opinion. Because like, dude, it's, we just had all winter off. Like, what are you doing? It's like the Tim Anderson thing today, right? Like, if if this is game 140, these guys are probably playing, but it's game 11. Yeah, exactly. I think they're worried about last having last year where T- Timmy lost so much time and. It's not the same injury, though, at least from what I understand. Yeah. Hey, speaking of injuries, how about that numb nuts play by uh, O'Neill Cruz <laughs> this weekend? Oh, geez. I'm guys, sorry. You guys got to learn how to slide, man. That was completely self-sabotaged by him on his season. Like, I like the guy. I really think he's one of the young budding stars in the he game. Is. I mean, not in the Fernando Tatis sort of way where I think he was kind of a flash in the pan at the right time, signed a big deal because of it. I truly think O'Neill Cruz is going to be like one of the mainstays throughout the league. And for him to just like 
decide he was going to slide way too late, jam his knee and, and then fracture his ankle because of it all. Like, ugh. and he's kind of, he's lucky too, because that could have been so much worse than a broken ankle. Like he could have sliced his ACL in half. And missed oh yeah. Months. Like that, that was unbelievable. So it was like, he couldn't decide if he was going to slide and then he couldn't decide if he was going to go head first or feet first. And, and then he finally tried to do it and you never know. Yeah, it is what it is. He's out six ish weeks. Absolutely. And, you know, another person that came out and defended his team while Michael Kopech was absolutely enraged was manager Pedro Grafal. And we will discuss how, how we feel about Pedro Grafal in a new segment we like to call Pedro's Pen. That's right. We got a new graphic now. And that whole time I was given that little spiel previewing Pedro's pen, I kind of dragged it out on purpose because I was debating in my head. I was like placing a bet in my head. Did Joe make a new graphic for the segment? And yes, was minus one ten. I won a I won ninety dollars on betting, or I won one hundred ten dollars betting a hundred on it. The funny I thing can't is, take the credit was Joe Aldo, didn't but... make it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, credit to Aldo. Contrary to what uh, Foster said, uh, freaking Aldo. Freaking Aldo yeah. means F- well, yeah, because no, this is this is the I mean family like show. Freaking Aldo, yeah, yeah. This is the family show on the Barroom Network on on Bar Down Talking Hockey. We would say something else, but yeah, Fo- yeah. Foster knows what time it is. Well, Foster knows if I go off the rails later, maybe I will. You know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. But uh, and also want to point out, we have brand new graphics for every segment now on the show. Nice. So. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so I just had to point that out. But uh, Pedro, uh, first off, let me exit out of this other screen because I was about to pull up the video of the the slide, and then um, now we are off of it. So I'm gonna get rid of that. Yeah, it was uh, it was an all around bad play. Let me tell you, if we were a Pirates podcast, uh, we would probably have quite a few more words about that. So I. I don't get the pirate hate. I know Sebi Zavala turned around and talked his garbage while O'Neill Cruz was laying down did, there on the ground. Did you hear the I, audio? Yeah, it wasn't great. Like I'm not I'm not defending Sebi Zavala doing that. I just can't from a competitor's point of view. And it's not damn worth it, do the I amount get of hate he's getting. Yeah. Do I get competitive? Did well, Sebi Zavala know his ankle was sliced in half on the ground? Right. Or did he look at it as hey? He could have easily taken me out, and I'm pissed off about that because my season could have ended because he don't know how to slide. I'm going to talk my junk. It sucks that he got hurt, and it makes Zavala look bad. There's no doubt optically it looks horrible for Zavala, and I'm honestly a little surprised he didn't get a game or two and or a fine because of it, just because of how bad it looks for the league. But Zavala's legs, my legs kind of cramp up a little bit when I just watched Zavala, and when he stood up and walked away, I was like, oh, my God. Frankly, so, the the way I mean, it was knee to knee. I mean, the only reason Zavala didn't get hurt is because he's got catcher's gear on. Yeah. But at the end of the day, the league literally changed the rules a few years ago to prevent plays exactly like this from happening. This is 100 percent on the base runner. Zavala has every right to the ball if the throw takes him into the running lane, which it did. I think that, you know, the, the debate was was Cruz trying to get in the way of the throw and didn't expect it to actually be a good throw. And I mean, 
it's neither here nor there because at the end of the day, he should be on the on the floor by the time that throw gets there. And it's hard for me as somebody who disagreed with the rule change when it happened to see this play now happen and for people to be upset at the catcher in this situation because the base runner, it's his job to get out of the way, to hit the deck, to make the catcher make the play. And instead he goes in for what was a very dangerous play, ends up hurting himself in the process. And Sebi Zavala had every right to be pissed. I mean, in, in my opinion, I think that both Sebi Zavala and uh, Santana were both absolutely in the right. Both of them. <laughs> Zavala had every right to I be agree. mad and Santana had every right to stand up for his teammate. And, and someone needs more. to learn how to slide. Well, at the end of the day, yes. I mean, what is O'Neill Cruz? Six foot seven? Like, dude's got to learn how to get out of the way. I will say this. If Yohan Moncada is at third, none of this happens because you know when Mr. Moncada's got a bang, bang play, he throws darts right on the money. Yeah. Zavala would have caught it, tagged him out, inning over, nothing, nothing of it, but I don't know. I the Pirates fans, and I'm not calling anybody out specifically, except you know I may have sent out a quote tweet earlier today that you can all go find from a, an account that's not one that I own, just to kind of fire back a little bit because I thought it was funny. But I, I can't believe these people that are like adamantly rooting against the White Sox for the rest of the season, acting like they're this premier franchise that isn't like the White Sox are a load of crap in terms of how they act as an organization. And you have the crappiest of crap, and then below them are like three or four even worse teams, and the Pirates are one of them. Get out of here with the – and I love Pittsburgh. One of my very favorite towns I've ever traveled to. It is gorgeous, and that park is unreal. And the Pittsburgh yeah. – And the Steelers have a couple Super Bowls. Pirates stink, though. It's the worst franchise. It's probably the second worst franchise in baseball, and it's the worst franchise in Pittsburgh. Get out of my face, Pirates fans. The White Sox will have a better record than you. Bye. I like it. I like it. And speaking of things that we either like or didn't like, how did you guys feel about Pedro Grafal's performance this week and Pedro's pen? Um, <laughs> there's a couple of things specifically we can talk about. Um, Vinny's laughing, so I'm sure he's got something to mention off the top of his head. So, Vinny, I'll let you go first. I was actually laughing because it took 10 minutes to get to talking about actual Pedro Grafal in Pedro's pen. I, I, I thought that was funny wording there. That's hilarious. Hey, Pedro's pen got emptied during that O'Neill Cruz debacle. Exactly. So. Right. It sure did. I hate that. The bench that is, is so clear. Cringe. That is so cringe. The fight's always over by the time they get in. And it, it just looks – that's the most pointless trot in the history of trots going from the bullpen to the end of the fight. So dumb, so dumb. I hate it. Anyway, Pedro Gafal has got to stop batting Andrew Benny butt cheeks third. He does not belong batting third. He's not a number three hitter. He's a number two hitter or a number eight hitter or a number one hitter or a number nine hitter. I don't care that he's the most paid player in the history of the team. You don't just bat the most paid player in the history of the team. Uh, third Yasmani Grandal deserves to bat third more than, uh, Andrew Benintendi. Why? Because Benintendi's if Yasmani, well, Benintendi's ice cold, but even when he's red hot, he's not going to be blasting baseballs to Pluto. When Yasmani Grandal's on his game, he's blasting baseballs to Pluto. Um, 
Ben, ben Intendi is a guy to help keep the line moving. He is not a guy to clear the bases. You need Luis Robert in that spot, or you need – like, you don't put Tim Anderson there. Do I ever poo-poo Tim Anderson as a hitter? If there's one thing you don't do that to, it's a Tim Anderson. And he don't bat third. He's never going to bat third in the history of his career. Maybe maybe a Sunday late in September when they're clinched by 10 games, they might let him bat third because it's funny. But it'd be only be because it's funny. You don't do that. I hate – the bullpen management's gotten a little bit better. He's sticking with Jake Diekman, and Jake Diekman's been okay. So I'm not gonna hey. I'm not gonna crap on that for now. I stand by what I said last week. I don't understand the Diekman hate. You I were 100 correct. He was dog crap last year. Yeah, that was last year. He's been perfectly yep. fine all the way from spring training until now this year. He is yep. exactly what you want in a middle relief pitcher. He's gonna come in. He's gonna get you three to six outs. He's gonna record a hold, and he's gonna go home. Absolutely. I if agree. Jake Eakman shows up on the final record as either one and oh or oh and one on the day, that's not on him. End of I discussion. I agree. Yeah, I mean, it's he's ended up he, he's looking like he's one of the better trade pieces that we've acquired recently. We didn't give it much for him, right? I don't remember what did we give up for him last season. Uh it was um the Wasn't it international signing space. No, it was the catcher, uh Reese McGuire. McGuire? Oh yeah. Oh, that was a big loss on the trade, actually, then. Well, it's weird. <laughs> it's weird. He sucked with Toronto, and he was traded for an equally crappy catcher in Zach Collins, and then he comes to the White Sox, was equally as crappy in Chicago as he was in Toronto, and Zach Collins was equally as crappy in, in Toronto, Toronto as he was in Chicago, and then Jake Diekman comes for Zach Collins, or for Reese McGuire. Jake Diekman's equally as crappy in Chicago but Reese McGuire goes to Boston and turns it on and becomes this like mega man for the rest of them that season. I'm pretty sure he's off to a decent start this year too. I actually don't know that for a fact, but I've read nice things about Reese McGuire since he started in Boston. So didn't he get caught? Didn't he get caught winking it on like the bus or something? A really long time ago. Yeah. That was something that people were laughing about when the White Sox first (laughs) traded for him. Zim's eyeballs just went huge. (laughs) Zim's like, I'm gonna. I'm about to Google this later. <laughs> Hopefully, some weird shit. Hopefully, some weird Zim, stuff don't come up. <laughs> Zim's like, you're kidding me, right? I'm like, no. I, I want to go back. I'm gonna go back and watch this tomorrow just to see his eyeballs do that thing again. They got real wide, and he kind of got like weird about it. But no, it's true. But anyway, he's not yeah. on the team anymore. I'm happy with Sebi as our backup. So anyway, <clears throat> um. So yes, I agree with you, Vinny. There on the batting order stuff, and then Robert batting second, which he said he's gonna keep. TA at leadoff and Robert at second. I'm like, you could get some consistency. It's like, why? Robert's like just destroying the ball right now. But yeah, um, it's a, it's a baffling decision. But uh, Zim, what do you got for some issues with Pedro? Or even if you want to praise him a little bit, which I don't think we will this time, but we'll see. <laughs> you know, I mean, completely honestly, uh, I didn't have time to watch a ton of the games uh, in depth this week. Um, so really most of my issues are, lineup things you know benintendi batting third um the thing today with sheets in the field and vaughn at dh was a little or vice versa no that's what it was it was sheets at no, first yeah, and sheets vaughn... was at first and vaughn was yeah. DHing. yeah that was confusing and, and sheets had a horrible game defensively yeah sheets like is, we, um... we would have thrown out a play there would have been a play a throw out player at home but sheets cut yeah. off the throw for absolutely no reason what is the thing is dave and I don't know if this is on Grafal or, or on the organization as a whole. I mean, it's on him today 
but I'm talking about big picture, right? He sheets that is, has been treated as an outfielder for the last like two, two and a half seasons. And for them to just randomly decide they want to start putting him back on the infield is a little unfair to him. I think with the way that his development path has been over the last, you know, like I said, year, year and a half. Um, so I, I mean, again, today it's on Grafal. big picture. It's on the whole organization. They really got to figure out what they want to do with Gavin sheets, uh, organizationally, and they need to stick to it because they're kind of playing with the guy's career and it's not really fair to him. Um, and, and that's a whole other conversation for a whole other segment, but I think they're just trying uh, to get his value for him. We could be a first right. baseman. He could be an outfielder, which might help but, him in the long run. But right now, I don't think If you want to put Vaughn at DH, put Grandall at first base, right? He's a totally adequate defensive first baseman, which is weird to say, but he's he's basically a war of zero. He is the replacement player <laughs> as a first baseman. So defensively speaking. Oh, don't um, forget that they put Jake Berger at first during spring. That's too. exactly what I was going to say. Jake Berger has the ability to play first base now, apparently. Played it yesterday, too. Yeah. He came Did in he? for what, like two, three innings and played it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they've got options there. I, I think if they want to move pieces around, I don't think that Sheets is the guy to be moving around at this point. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, you know, I don't, I don't really have all that much besides what we talked about already to critique Pedro. I, I thought he did pretty good uh, with the bullpen overall last week. The bullpen kind of eased down a little bit. They're, they're doing much better. Um, obviously, Jose Ruiz, they made the right call. They just got – they cut him. Well, they DFA'd or whatever it is. They Well, he was DFA'd, right? And then they traded him. Is that how it played out, Vinny? Uh, they, he's off the team nonetheless. yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So they That's made the right call performance wise because that guy couldn't get him out to save his life. I have a feeling we'll talk about him in another segment later on, but we'll see. Um, so I'm happy that it. The thing I love about Pedro is his performance. Like he actually like, you know, they they cut Lurie Legend. You know, they they find it doesn't matter about the money; it's about the performance. So that's what I'm liking about Pedro. The statistics stuff, I could tell he's, you know, he's, he plays the statistics more so than old school Tony La Russa. So I've been happy with that. Um, he's just got growing pains as a manager. It's just learning his players. It's the same thing we said last week. It's like, you know, he's learning these guys as he goes. You know, part of the problem is um, Lucas Giolito's just been awful. Uh, he had a really bad start last week. And I don't know how much of that you blame on Pedro for letting him go too long. Um, I think that's a bit of a conversation we can't have, but Vinny, I know you've been following Giolito a long time and, and, and you've been a champion of his just, he, he was absolutely horrible the other day. And I know this is not really on Pedro, but how much of it do you put on Pedro, if any, and do you think Gio has just lost it? I, excuse me. I honestly have no clue what happened to Lucas Giolito. Um, I believe that when I was on the Lucas Giolito train, I was right because he was that good while he was that good. And I went into 2022 thinking he was still their ace. <clears throat> and I think, <coughs> excuse me, 
I think it. I think we all kind of thought that maybe them or Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn was going to be the opening day starter. Then he got hurt, and they gave it to Giolito. I think we all thought that was fair. But by May, it was obvious that Dylan Cease was the best pitcher on the team, and it was now. <laughs> it was obvious. It was obvious that Giolito wasn't even like second, third, or fourth by that point. Um, when people say he's the worst pitcher, like in in the league and they act like he's the worst pitcher in White Sox history. I think that's absolutely crazy because Dallas Keuchel's ERA was like three worse than Giolito's last year. Like Dallas Keuchel was a non-competitive MLB pitcher. Lucas Giolito, I mean, a four-something ERA is not good, but it's not like DFA worthy. He's like a number right. five right yeah. now. And I'm not like saying that. No, I know you're not. And like, I just... I think the arm talent is there because the changeup is still so filthy. But it's everything else that's not working for him, and I just I don't get it. He, I thought he was okay against Houston, but he was so bad against the Pirates. Was it the Pirates or the Giants? can't remember. Back-to-back uh, NL teams that aren't even close to each other organizationally. One's great and one's a dumpster fire. Um, I just... I don't know what happened to Giolito. I definitely am off the he's an ace wagon. Uh, I think he could get back to that, but I also am not that confident that he will um, if he's a free agent at the end of the year. So it'll be interesting to see. I don't think he gets like, you know, the $100 million contract like we thought he was going to get. He's not going to be that guy. But I do think if the White Sox don't bring him back, a better organization with better resources and tools could take him in and help him. Um, I do think Ethan Katz is good for him. He fixed him in the first place. But, like, what if he went to the Rays? Or what if he went to the Astros? And, like, one of those teams worked their worked on him in their lab. And, you know, I know, that, you know, cheating, blah, blah, blah. Those teams really know how to use data and analytics to help guys figure stuff out. And we know Giolito has the talent from previous experiences. So we'll see what happens with him. I hope he figures it out soon. We're going to get him in the series finale against Minnesota. And we've seen him pitch well against Minnesota. But we've also seen him not pitch well against Minnesota. And their lineup's going to look different on Wednesday than it did today. And it's not even really going to be close. So we'll see. Yeah. It's uh, it's just it's slightly concerning at this point of the season. But, again, it's early. So a lot of these guys will settle down. So, you know, I'm not going to hit the panic button just yet. But. I guess it's something we'll monitor as the season goes on. But, you know, I think we've dove into quite a bit of our buddy Pedro Grafal. And, you know, I think I think we've had our fill from Pedro. But I think it's safe to say there's probably a couple guys this week, Vinny and Zim, that kind of put up a stinker of a week, you know. Um, not uh, – not good, you know. It's 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 like a a dud or, or something like that, you know. You know, like, like a, a dud, like an Adam dud, dud. That's right, Adam dud of the week. And I know, although did a new graphic for it, but it's not here, so we're going to use the old one. But it's still a good one. So it's this week's Adam dud of the week. You suck. You suck. Suck. Stupid. Ozzy. No excuse. What a dud. What a total, total dud. Yes, that's right. It is the Adam Dud of the week. And there's been a few of them. Uh, 
I would pick Adam Dunn if I could, if I can go back in time, but <clears throat> we'll try not to not to reminisce too much about that. But uh, I got to say, guys, there was a couple stinkers this week, and, and I'll let Zim lead it off. See if you got anyone in particular you're thinking of Zim that stunk it up. But um, what do you got for us? I mean, can I go with the obvious Jose Ruiz? He, he, uh, yes, we can. He probably had a week that he would like to forget for sure. I, think, <laughs> I, I mean, don't think he'll forget anytime soon. <laughs> they even need to pitch to want to forget it. Eight hits, nine runs, two hit batsmen. This is this isn't three and a third, by the way. Four. Yeah, less than four innings pitched. I Ended mean, up with I, him getting DFA'd and ultimately traded for cash considerations. Like seven dollars or what? Like know. they paid for his plane fare. <laughs> that's rough, man. That's really, really rough. Like, I feel bad for the guy. I hope he rebounds. Like, it would really suck for him to lose his major league career this way. Like on a human to human level, I feel, I feel for the guy. It was a bad week, but um, as a fan, uh, glad to see him off the team. He was really hurting the team and uh, hopefully wherever he bounces elsewhere, uh, it's, it's good for them, but it's not good for us. So yeah, it definitely wasn't good for us. Uh, maybe $7 in our pocket. You know, we can go buy a couple dogs at 35th street red hots or something. I'll take that over Jose Ruiz. You know what I mean? But a bit of a rough week. Uh, Vinny, who you got for your, for your dud this week? I'm going to go with Sebi Zavala. One for seven, 143, no RBIs, three strikeouts, uh, two runs, one stolen base. Um, He had an okay first week of the season. Um, I never really thought. One broken ankle. Yeah, one broken ankle too, one. Uh, brouhaha ensued. He stole a base. <laughs> yeah, he stole a base, and I believe that was his first career stolen base, if I recall correctly, on the Twitter verse as that moment happened and we were watching. Oh it. yeah, but nailed his batting gloves to the wall. Yeah, seriously, and the cleats. Um, I just, I'm not seeing him as like the savior of the catcher position by any means, but I do think, you know, he's going to have weeks like this. He's there to play catcher. Like nobody's expecting the three home run game that I was at. Not to we, brag, we were both there, Vinny. Yeah, 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 and they lost. Um, yeah, they, they they put up a ton of runs and lost that game too. Yeah, uh, your first three career home runs are in the same game. Team loses though. Um, that was so dumb. Um, but Sebi Zavala, we need him to be a little bit better at the plate. I mean, that's not going to cut it by any means, but just keep catching well and keep breaking ankles out there, kid. I'd laugh if the next game he starts, he'd break someone else's ankle. Look, when they tell you to break a leg, I don't think that's what they meant. But not what they yeah, Sebastian. That's right. It's not what they meant at all. Um, I'm gonna go with someone's pick to click from last week. He was on fire the first week of the season, but I'm gonna go with Yoan Mankata. Uh, he had a rough week to say the least. Three for eighteen, a buck sixty-seven. Only scored one run, one RBI, didn't have a single walk. Um, obviously, he took a foul ball off the foot or whatever, and he hasn't been the same. And I predicted yeah, earlier today, our, our buddy Gabe Silva tweeted, like, who's the next person that's going to go on IL? And I said, it's going to be Yoan Makata. I hope I'm wrong. But um, Yoan just didn't look right this week. And uh, for as good as I felt last week about him, I feel about that bad now. 
Am I hitting the panic button too early, Vinny? Um, no. Yohan Mankata has given you absolutely no reason not to panic whenever the time to panic potentially arises. Uh, no, I disagree with that. I think tell me more. I think I think he's still seeing the ball really well. Like the no walks is upsetting, but like it's not out of the ordinary for him. He's still making contact. He's still hitting the ball. He's just not hitting it well because he has no foundation under him because he hurt his foot. I mean, I know that a lot of people think like, oh, you hurt your toe, like big freaking deal. I mean, it messes up your whole balance, your whole foundation. You can't plant right. I mean, he's not playing defense because he can't throw the ball because he can't get his feet under him. He's not batting well because he can't put good wood on a ball when you have no feet underneath you. So I think once he heals up, he'll be okay. As long as he continues to get his reps and see the ball the way that he was the first week of the season. I think that's all very fair, and I agree with it. My worry is that when he comes back, he won't. Like, because of how the past has gone for him. But, like you said with Deakman, the new season. Let's be more positive. You're right. Screw that. Ricotta's going to come back and win the MVP. No, he's going to come in second to Luis Robert. Hey. Watch, watch, <laughs> he plays, watch he plays third tomorrow, and then he has, like, a three-homer game. I mean – Again, if he comes back and he's feeling good, I don't see any reason that as long as he comes back quickly and he's been, you know, continuing to work in the cages, why he can't. You know, we'll see what happens, man. I think we all hope Bancada has a good year. Um, he had a, he was on fire to start. He cooled off. And you know, I think this is just going to be the yo-yo we get. He's going to be on fire. Then he's going to be cold and he's going to be on fire. He's going to be cold. You know, hopefully there's more just on fires than there is cold. But I hear you, though. There's a chance, and we could probably keep tally because he was definitely on, put it on the board last week. There's a chance he has the most combined appearances on the two. That's uh, he would be my probably pick. true. He would be my pick to click if the question was who will be on both in any uh-huh. amount more. You know, ten times on this side and nine on that side. Nineteen would lead the team. Like I honestly think that. I like it, man. I like it a lot. Well, we'll see what happens. But another guy that we have for a stinky week for for uh, Adam Dud, honorable mention goes to Joe Kelly, who we alluded to earlier. Uh, two and a third, three earned runs, four hits, and one walk. Um, doesn't look as it, it it was it was much worse watching it than it looks statistically. But um, yeah, so Joe just had a rough week. But hopefully he'll be back in a week or two, and we'll go from there. Uh, PZ says, you know, Makata has a sore back. Yeah, I know we're, we're, we're aware. I just don't know how long this week he had right. a sore back or if he had, wouldn't it the be whole surprised time. if that's from overcompensating because of the foot, you know, these, th- these things are, our bodies are all one big connected piece, believe it or not. So Absolutely. sometimes when not one thing goes wrong, something seemingly unrelated happens, but it's, Dude. it's all tied together. It's like someone with a broken right foot complaining about their left foot hurting all of a sudden. Well, it's because you're using your left foot right. significantly more. Trust me. I just turned 30. I completely understand how unrelated things suddenly start happening all at the same time on my body. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like I slept on my neck wrong last night and it like affects my whole day. Like I'm just like that's trying to get this that's get this worst. thing to crack all day, you know, man. It's like I can't even imagine if you're a professional baseball player and you get thrown off just a little bit, it could totally affect your game. So I hear you. But there is the opposite side of the fence when someone doesn't suck. Uh, 
Steven Zim Zimmerman, what do we call that? And we do have a new graphic for this, by the way. Something. <laughs> yeah, great, great intro, buddy. Thanks for teeing it up. Uh, Vinny does it right that there. Was... He's got the hockey stick. Uh, I make myself laugh, like to... you know. If you can't laugh at yourself, yes. right? I don't make anybody right. else laugh. I'm just going to drag just this out now. He's, yeah, he's just dragging Take all the, the wind out of his sails. It's 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 like the it's it's, it's like when it's it's, it's... <laughs> anyway. It's put it on the board the player call. of the week. That's yeah, the put it on the board player of the week segment. That's right. Yeah, nice new graphics, Aldo. I love it. Zim is having too much fun. It's it's very true. Our buddy That's Travis will catch up on what's that. That's a very nice graphic. Yes, I know. Aldo did a nice job, so appreciate it as always, the barkeeper. Our buddy Travis will catch up with the rest of the show. Appreciate you, Travis, as always, man. Thanks yeah. for tuning in. Anybody listening on the uh, audio version of the show, come join us on YouTube sometimes. Monday is Monday nights, uh, 8 o'clock Central. You can see all these beautiful graphics. You can see our beautiful faces. You can hang out with us and our, our guests and ask some questions. But uh, mostly look at these beautiful graphics that Aldo's put together for us. Oh, I thought you were going to say mostly look at my beautiful face is what I thought you were going to say. Like Zim is in my beautiful <laughs> face. So, um, but nonetheless, you could do whatever you want. But there were a few players that put on beautiful performances. And I'll take that segue right to the bank uh, this week. Uh, there's a handful of them. Uh Vinny, we'll let you go first here. Do you have a pick for a player that just shined above the rest this week? Yes, absolutely. Um, I really think, excuse me, I really think that Luis Robert is, uh, he went 0 for 4 today, but that's going to happen to anyone. And that doesn't count towards this week for our personal statistics here. But, um, he has a chance to be like an MVP caliber player. The talents have always been there. He's always been a player that's a five-tool player when he's healthy. And by a five-tool player, that means he's good. He's at least good at everything. Um, there are some things he's elite at, like hitting moon bombs when he's healthy. Um, he went nine for 22, 409 batting average, nine hits, eight RBIs, two home runs, four runs scored. It has just been a magnificent week for for him, he's my put it on the board player of the week. I think the White Sox probably will go where he and Tim Anderson take them offensively. Um, and then you'll need guys like Andrew Vaughn and whatnot to sprinkle in some stuff. But he's the only one in what we're calling the often injured five that hasn't had an ailment yet. So TA down, Yon Mankata down, Eloy down, and um, who am I forgetting? There's another one that I'm missing. Um, the often injured clan. The often injured five. Did you say TA already? TA, um, Mankata. Eloy. Grandal. Eloy. No, Grandal's Grandal. been fine. Grandal's been fine. Often I would put it. him in the often injured group personally. but Yeah, that's fair. Honestly, that is fair. Maybe. Nonetheless. Yeah, it probably is Grandal. But Lou Bob just absolutely tearing things up this week and full on, full on MVP candidate, at least this point of the season. Um, so I love that pick, Vinny. 
He was my he was my MVP pick last year. It didn't work out for me, but maybe this year it'll just be a year late on it. Steven Zim Zimmerman, put on the board player of the week, my friend. What do you got? My honorable mention on his short week is Jake Berger. Hit his first home run of the season in front of his new son Brooks. Almost had Such, two. Almost had two. He missed the second one by about. Well, I guess it would have been the first one, but regardless, he missed it by about four feet, maybe. I mean, we're talking fractions of an inch off of the went off the wall. Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah, it was it was a I thought it was gone when he first hit it. But at any rate, Jake Berger clearly seeing the ball really, 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 really well. You know, all that work he talked to us about in the offseason definitely paying off. By the way, happy um, birthday to Jake Berger. That's true. Today, yesterday, today, today, today is his birthday. So happy birthday to Jake. Hopefully we talk to him again soon, Um, but he's just an honorable mention this week. He didn't really get a whole lot of opportunities, so I don't feel justified in giving him the full honors of the put it on the board player of the week. Um, I'm sticking to my guns from last week on this, and that is Oscar Colas. I told you guys last week he was going to have himself a good week, and sure enough, he did. 300 average, home run. I told you. (laughs) Three runs, three RBIs, and a stolen base. I thought he might have a couple more stolen bases, but... Just the fact that I told you guys last week, I thought he was going to get hot and hit his first major league home run. I I, I might hurt myself patting myself on the back right here, but uh, I, I got to do it. I, I I try hard not to, but this week uh, I, I just hit the nail too square on the head not to say it. That's right. You hit the nail square on the head and you might, you might get a concussion, Jim, but that's all right. Um, <laughs> no, good choice with Cole. Awesome. You know, and, and just real quick, Speaking of hitting the nail right on the head, you know, Vinny's put it on the board player of the week, Luis Robert. I'm pretty sure I handed to you on a silver platter during pick to click last week, Joe. Um, just as I am handing you this transition to your put it on the board player of the week. Thank you. And yes, I, I didn't listen to you. I, I would have won easily, probably by a mile, but no, I had to go with Andrew Vaughn, who just had a pedestrian week. Um, but, you know, what are you going to do? I can't, I can't, you can't win them all, but there's the, I mean, I want to, I want to give props to a guy who, who I didn't think was going to be much of an asset moving into the season. A friend of the show. I just, I didn't, I thought the white Sox were going to trade him. Uh, I think Gavin sheets had a dynamite week, man. Seven for 13, five thirty-eight, three ribbies, uh, three runs scored. Uh, this guy's just getting on base and he's getting it done. I mean, a lot of them are, are just slapstick singles, but he's hitting the ball hard where it needs to go. Uh, this is a guy that we talked about last year would benefit from from the ban of the shift, and uh, he's definitely benefited from it this far. Um, so I love what I'm seeing out of Gavin. I'm hoping hopefully he stays hot. Didn't love him at first today. I would have preferred him at DH or, God forbid, the outfield. But um, either way, not first base. I didn't love it. But Gavin had himself a great week. He had a bad day today. Well, how many errors did he have? Three, two, something like that? He was. I think it, there was two on one play, and they only gave him credit for one. Yeah, so he had a couple knucklehead moments in the game. So uh, this was for last week. So I just want to point that out. Seven for thirteen, uh, great week for Gavin. Hopefully the bat stays hot. So I'm I'm happy with what I'm seeing out of him. And of course we'd be remiss if we didn't give uh, the honorable mention to the ever amazing Dylan Cease. Uh, this is not today's performance. This is last week's performance. Just want to put that keep that in mind. Uh, he threw five innings, uh, one earned run, struck out five, walked five. Uh, the walks have been getting back up after opening day where he had zero. That's the only thing that's a little concerning for me. 
Um, still pitching great, even the fact, given the fact that his command hasn't fully been there. I know Vinny, we talked about this a little bit earlier today. Uh, he's still he's still getting it done, but he's not as overly dominant because, well, first off, his off his defense isn't helping him, which isn't going to get anybody wins. Um, but his, his control seems to be a little bit off. I think it's just that that slider is just not not moving as much as it did on opening day. Am, am I wrong in saying that? No, not at all. And the five walks are evident of it, but his strikeouts went 10, 8, 5. You would sign up for that average any day of the week. But um, the walks, they've been coming up a little bit. I do think that there's a chance that the way the defense has played behind him could have I – don't, I don't know if it rattles him <clears throat> or what, but it definitely doesn't make things easier on him. So he only gave up one earned run in the three that were given up total. And so his ERA actually got better on the day even though it was probably his worst performance. And it's just another one of those things where, you know, even when Dylan ceases at his worst, he finds a way to get it done. And I think he's super elite. There were times where he looked like he did on opening day. Like there was one time, uh, I think Joe, he texted it to the group, like, like talking about his command being off, and then he wiped someone out with a nasty pitch five seconds right, later. Like two seconds, yeah, yeah. Literally. Like that—that that is what Dylan Cease can do to people, and I just think big game, high pressure because of what's been going on around him. Probably felt more of a need to get whips today than in normal most games. So I'm not in his head, but. The production is there, so I, I'm happy yeah. with Dylan The exact text from earlier today was I texted the group with Miyumi and Zim. I said, cease command, not great again today. And then two seconds later, I said, as he throws a nasty curveball for a strikeout, LOL. Um, so the curve was definitely got movement. That was kind of his strikeout pitch, which is interesting, which tells me that the slider's not uh, fully doing what it's supposed to. Um, it'll come back around. Uh, I mean, obviously he's working on everything, but I'm sure he'll come back around. I've got no doubts about that. Um, still Sterling ERA through, uh, what is that? His third start. Yeah. Th- through three yeah, starts. Third yep. So you can't go wrong there. So what do you give up one run in every start? Now that I think about it, what do you give up on opening day? It was one, one and one. You are correct. Yeah. So he's given up one run every game. So, and I do believe with his performance today, uh, I hit my overmark on my prediction for his strikeouts this season. Nice. Nice. Pretty also, sure at, at least 20. And I think he hit that number today. So yeah. Wow, congrats. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. He hit it today with his second strikeout on the day. So and he had five total. So he's at 23. Um, Joe, you're accidentally calling the South Burb Hitman group chat right now. Um, <laughs> um Dylan Cease, he, he also didn't physically give up the one run he gave up on opening day. Uh, Jake Diekman came in, I think, and gave up the runner that was credited to Cease. And I think that's where the Jake Diekman hate started because he had a rough series in Houston. Because Andrew Benintendi slowed up on a ball that he should have. Exactly. Caught. Exactly. I agree with you completely. That was unreal that the $75 million guy did that, but that happens sometimes. Uh, Dylan sees the one run was cre- credited to him, but 
he's been outstanding so far and I see no sign of a you know like a decline after such a high last year in fact it looks like he's gotten better he certainly has um I'm just I'm just ready for the ride man absolutely and we are not gonna see him in this rest of this Minnesota twin series and I do believe that means he'll pitch in the series finale against the Baltimore Orioles over the weekend, which we will touch on in White Sox Weekly. White Sox Weekly. That's right. Props to Aldo for the graphic. Awesome. Uh, we have two more against the Twinkies. I'm not even going to pull up the screen because all the production, all the matchups aren't fully announced yet, but the next two are. So tomorrow night in Minnesota, we get to go up against the Twins again. Lance Lynn back on the mound, hoping to rebound after last week's abysmal performance against Pablo Lopez, who uh, in his first start of the season was just unbelievable. I mean, he's 1-0 on the season with a 0.73 ERA and 16 strikeouts. So I'm not going to lie, boys. I'm a little worried about tomorrow. Um, the, the Sox don't really do great against guys that are kind of um, – unfamiliar to them, if you will. And Vinny, I, I don't know off the top of my head how many starts Lopez has had against the White Sox, if any. Um, but I can tell you that Lopez has been tearing it up throughout the season. I believe the the, the Twins are uh, first or second in ERA in Major League Baseball right now. I can look up right now if he's ever faced the White Sox. Because I honestly don't know. But I do know that t- tomorrow is going to be really hard. Obviously, um, they those twins are good. I mean, I don't think they're a bad team. I don't think they're great, but I don't think they are going to play the White Sox soft. I mean, they almost beat them with a mediocre lineup. There was no Correa. Buxton pinch hit late because he got a day off. Um, it's you know one of those teams that you got to play hard against every single day, even when they're not that great. And it's scary. So when they have a pitcher like that who's going like that on the mound, it is a little bit worrisome. And he was with the Miami Marlins historically throughout his career. So uh, I'd be willing yeah. to bet that most of these guys probably have not seen uh, Pablo Lopez. So I would guess uh, not. Um, for those wondering, he was acquired by the Minnesota Twins in the Luis Arise trade. Okay. Yeah. So obviously off to a dynamite start to the season, kind of the polar opposite of Lance Lynn. Um, Lance Lynn's 0-1 with a 9 ERA, 11 strikeouts. Uh, Lopez is 1-0 with a .73 ERA and a 16 strikeouts. So, But as um, we talked about with uh, Lance Lynn's last start, he was a little under the weather. There was kind of a cold going through the clubhouse. So hopefully, um, you know, with a fresh head on his shoulders, he comes out ready to go yeah. tomorrow and really takes it to him. It's a team that Lance Lynn knows pretty well. So I would say so. I take all the credit for Lance Lynn getting shelled last time. Anytime when I do put out your put on your socks in the morning, anytime I use the word Lynn sanity, uh, he gets absolutely shelled. So I, I'm not going to use that tomorrow. Um, I'm going to think of something else, but uh, it's all my fault, guys. So I'm sorry. <laughs> um, Ever since in- the Naylor game, I blame you for pretty much everything that happens to the well, White Josh Sox. Josh Naylor I- wouldn't be a good player if it wasn't for me. It's my fault that he's good. That's I true. I completely agree with all of this. Yeah, so sorry, guys, in advance. But uh, then the Wednesday finale is a noon start, central time, 
Uh, Lucas, our buddy Lucas Giolito, getting the start in the bump against Sonny Gray, who's another guy who's off to a dynamite start for the season. Uh, he's 1-0 with a .75 ERA and 14 strikeouts. Uh, Lucas uh, 0-0 with 9 ERA and 9 Ks. So um, something's got to give with one of those, hopefully both of those pitchers uh, for the Twins. And we know Sonny Gray. The White Sox have seen him a lot. Um, so I think I think he might get smacked around, I hope. But that's going to be a high-scoring game, I have a feeling. I hope I'm wrong. And then we get to go on a, on a business trip. Oh, no, I'm sorry. We go back home. Sorry, we go home after the series of the Twins. And we get three against the Orioles, who are um, surprisingly 500 ball right now. I think they're 5-5. Five and five. They've been playing pretty well. Uh, none of the matchups are official at this point. But the one thing we can count on is that we're probably going to see on Sunday, most likely we'll see Dylan Cease getting his second start of the week. Um, and then I want to call out that Saturday's game, it's Jackie Robinson Day, so every player in baseball will be wearing number 42, and rightly so. Um, but I think I'm looking forward to seeing him play the, the Orioles because they're a team last year that uh, kind of came out of nowhere for me, Vinny, and I think they're going to be an exciting team to watch. They've obviously arguably the best catcher in baseball, or at least a young catcher in baseball, and Adley Rushman. Yeah, and you might recall that the Orioles' little surge that put them on the map last year was a series win over the White Sox at Guaranteed Rate Field in the middle of the summer last year. And, you know, people were like, oh, the Orioles, they beat the White Sox. You know, some of the White Sox haters when they were going through their struggles. I was like, dude, chances are, unless you're like the Yankees, the Astros, or the Dodgers, like unless that's your favorite team, the Orioles are better than your team too, so shut up. And... Like, you know, they're really good. I agree with you on Rushman. I He's outstanding. He's one of the greatest, you know, sell high or purchase low. Well, how, I don't know how stuff like that works. But, like, you know, Adley Rushman's outstanding. And I'm excited to honestly see him play against the White Sox. It should be a good series. Um, that's a gauntlet of a division there. And I did look it up for you really quick. Pablo Lopez has never pitched against the Chicago White Sox in his career yet. He has, in his career, for whatever reason, the scheduling must have landed where he, that he got to pitch against the Guardians. Um, he's 1-0 against them. He's 1-2 in his career against the crosstown rival Chicago Cubs. So, I mean, if they can freaking beat him, why can't the White Sox? I like that. I like the thought process there, Ben. And, and also, I wanted to point out about the, the, the Orioles. They have a real exciting shortstop, too, in Gunnar Henderson, uh, 21-year-old, real exciting guy to watch. Yeah. Um, Orioles are a young, exciting team. If, if you're not watching the Sox and, and you want a fun young team to watch, the Orioles are a good one for sure. 100%. Yeah, Henderson's only 21 years old, and he looks like he's going to be uh, really good for a long time too. What about this Santander too? Anthony Santander, is that his name? Outstanding, super mm -hmm. fun to watch. You might remember it looked like the Orioles had – three Alabama linebackers playing outfield for them last year. They were all fast. They were all big and they could all dive and make sick plays And the yeah. White Sox. Anytime they hit a gap, it was caught. It was on, honestly one of the best defensive performances I've ever seen, but Hey, I do, I do remember that serious, man. There was like three keep, robbings. Yeah, yeah. Three mass robbings. I know I keep repeating myself, but like they are such a fun team to watch. Honestly, like for, for such a who cares organization for a long time, it finally feels like the Orioles are on an up and up right now. And as long as they keep their, their little core together there, I think it's going to work out well. You know, yeah. um, 
I will just say really quickly, something that I think uh, to watch for in that Orioles series is uh, the Orioles tend to do well at the things the White Sox don't tend to do well defending against. That is, they take walks and they steal bases. And, and the they Sox, throw out runners. <laughs> and they throw out runners. Adley Rutschman, I mean, you talk about a good hitter. The kid's good behind the plate, too. Um, you know, the Sox uh, are fourth in the league in stolen bases, have yet to be caught stealing this year. I think that could change this week, though, because um, the Orioles are a little better than them in both of those places. So uh, I kind of expect like a more old school style series there. Yeah, absolutely. When you think about like teams in other sports that might not be all that great, but are like super fun to watch. Mm hmm. I mean, the Baltimore Orioles are near the top of the list. Like the Anaheim Angels come to mind. Obviously, they have Trout and Otani. They can right. be. Everyone wants to watch them. Uh, like before, the Oilers got really good this year in hockey. Everyone always wanted to watch. Yeah, them. they have two top five players in the NHL. So like, that's always super fun. There are football teams that are always exciting, no matter what. Like, oh, the Chargers are a really good example of that. The Los Angeles Chargers. They always have high power offense. Like, they go from Phil Rivers to. Um, drawing a blank on his name right now. Justin um, Herbert. Justin Herbert. And Austin Eckler is amazing, and they have good receivers. And even though they're like, eh, they might make the playoffs, they're still super fun to watch. Like, there's teams like that all over sports, and the Orioles are one of them. So this should be fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a fun weekend uh, on the south side. So if you can go catch the game, go check it out. It'll be a lot of fun. And, Joe, the three of us, while watching that series, are going to be hoping that whoever we pick – in this week's pick to click, we'll have a really, really good series. So we present to you pick to click. That's right. It's our picks to click section. Again, with a dynamite graphic, courtesy of our buddy Aldo Gandia. Absolutely love it. Uh, recap for everybody, our, our guest tonight, Ryan Lee, he did his pick to click first and he took Timmy Anderson off the board. So uh, we're, none of us can pick Timmy. And um, I guess technically if we wanted to, we could pick Dylan Cease, but I'm going to bar us from picking Cease because it seems like the um, easy way to win this segment. So we're going to try to pick somebody else. And uh, Vinny, you had Mankata last week, right? Yeah, stupid pick. All right, well, because you had Mankata last week, I'm just going to give you a little bit of mercy. I'm going to let you get first choice out of the boys here. Not that any of us won, so it doesn't matter. But um, who are you going to go with for your pick to click heading into this week? Yeah, really quick. Our, whoever won the last week, that player should be unavailable. So you don't just go on these runs where you consistently pick the best player over and over. And then in September, act I'm like cool you were God for being amazing at pick to click because you just kept going first, picking the same elite player every week. Um, hey, hey, I like that rule. Our first season, I almost made a hell of a comeback by doing that exact thing with Luis Robert. Yeah, but at least you recognize you were doing it and didn't you know, do too much gloating in September. Anyway. Um, I don't know. I think I gloated quite a bit, but <laughs> I digress. You know what though? Maybe that's, maybe that's one of those things that when you do it, it doesn't annoy me. Um, <laughs> uh, my pick to click this week, who's going to suck the least so I can try and who's gonna suck reverse the, the juju here. I am going to take my guy, Andy. 
Andrew Vaughn. I played nice. first base in high school. Played catcher when I was younger, but I played first base in high school. That's my guy. Let's go Andy Andrew Vaughn back at first base probably tomorrow. Um, yeah, let's do it. I'm all in, man. I like it. I was hoping he would have done good for me last week, but instead I didn't make a pick for someone that had a great week who I have a hunch is probably going to get chosen by Steven Zimmerman with the second pick here, but we'll see what he does. No, I like the idea of reversing the juju. Um, it worked for me last week. You know, Oscar Colas got off to kind of a rough start to the season. I picked him. He did exactly what I said he was going to do. So let's see if I can do some, uh, what was that Will Ferrell movie? Stranger than fiction mm-hmm. with the ladies writing the story about his life. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to do my best impression of stranger than fiction. I am also going to pick Andy, Andrew Benintendi. Ah. Benintendi breaks out of it this, this week. He puts the pieces together. He starts seeing the ball. He hits two bombs makes at least one stellar play in the outfield brings the strikeout numbers down and you know just just solid solid week from him honestly even if i don't win as long as he has a solid week i'll be happy and that's why i'm picking him is because he's like the guy i'm rooting for the most this week wow man i like it um <clears throat> i have the same predicament as i did last week but i don't think i can pick Luis Robert, because I just can't see him just maintaining this Joe, fireball pace. Let me hand it to you again this week. You should also pick Andy. All three of us will pick Andy. Andrew Andy. Vaughn, Andrew Benintendi, and Elvis Andrews. Oh, funny. Who will I have the not. best Andy? Who will have the best Andy? Losers have to get the name Andy tattooed on the bottom of their foot. Ooh, I, thought you were gonna, oh, yeah. I thought you were going to say my butt, which I would much rather do than the bottom of my foot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it sounds I, a lot I, less I, painful. <clears throat> yeah. I, I love I love the sentiment, but I, I can't pick Elvis this week. I just don't think he's going to stay. Good. Uh, where, <laughs> that where would I be a really to. poor choice. Andrews is going to be not, the best player on the team. Not, <laughs> not now because he is, Andrews probably. is a bad pick, but because it's just – don't feed into my nonsense. Yeah, um, but I'm I'm gonna go with uh, a guy that I've been feeling better about. We've been talking about him, and he's kind of having a bit of a bounce back start to the year. I'm gonna go with Jasmani Grandal as my pick to click for the week ahead. So um, I like what I've been seeing out of him. I think he's gonna have a good week at the plate. So just for a recap for everybody for pick to click, I took Grandal. Zim took Benatendi. Vinny took Andrew Vaughn, and our guest, Ryan Lee, went with Tim Anderson. Regardless of the injury, he feels like he's going to come back, and if he does, he's going to go on a tear, which could be a thing against Baltimore this weekend. I could really see him you know, going to town there. So uh, we'll see what happens. We're going to do the poll again. I posted the poll a little bit late, but it still ran today from like 9 a.m. Central until like past game time because I forgot it was a day game today. But nonetheless, us. Uh, uh, Celeste, our, our our guest last week, Celeste Spaghetti, won her pick-to-click with her choice of Dylan Cease. Uh, it was cl- I thought it would have been a little bit closer. She got like 56% of the vote. Um, but uh, I, I thought I thought Zim should have had a shot with Oscar Colas. But nonetheless, the people have spoken, everybody. Colas so- had like a quiet good week. <clears throat> like he, he wasn't the star of any of the games. 
which I do think like in this format does kind of work against you a little bit. You know, a guy could have a really, really good week, but if he Chris Bryant's all over it and doesn't do any of it when it matters, nobody's going to care. Absolutely. Are we going to keep it like Joe, Zim, Vinny, guests as we keep track all year? I think that's probably the best way to keep score, right? Yeah, I got to keep it running in a separate note. But as of right now, Celeste is our first winner of the year, so I'm just going to put guests. One. That way we can make like a graphic if they end up winning. We can make a graphic of like all their faces plastered on go. like, you know, a bunch of people in the stands or something. We could have Aldo do something real creative with that. I was going to say, you know, the real question <gasps> that comes to play is when our guests inevitably win against us all season long. Is it because we brought on such good guests or because we're really just that bad at picking our picks to click? It's a combination. Both. Yes. <clears throat> It is the perfect combination of um, defeat. I don't know. Then, I don't know. then again, I mean, Larry Garcia is not on the team this year for me to pick. So how bad can my guesses really be? Just kidding. Watch. I just picked Andrew Benintendi. Watch. They, they'll, 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 they'll acquire him uh, next week. <laughs> right. If they do, I almost feel obligated to pick him at some point. This season. Then, then then he gets, you know, he gets like three RBI in, in like one day and then he goes over 20. If that were to happen, he gets cheered in his first at bat, right? I would almost guarantee Probably. it. I honestly think it would be like a sarcastic, like heavy cheer. I like, genuinely don't know that the crowd would have any reaction. Well, if it would be like now batting Larry Garcia, and the whole crowd is like, oh, did anybody I pick him up? A hot dog. <laughs> is he on a squad, Vinny? Do you know? No, I think he was just DFA'd, which goes back to my point of. If Tony Larusa didn't have it out for, or not have it out for him, have the exact opposite of it out for him, he would have probably not. Yeah. He probably would have gotten a PTO the following spring training, which was last year, and maybe made a team. But like Tony was like superstar, not a utility player. I'm smart. Yeah, he's not on a team right now. By the way, per Wikipedia, but... yeah, he is a free agent. He is also apparently my size. Not that's not that. that surprising. But let's I mean, be honest, Zim, Zim, I think you'd you'd win in a in a walk off like Zoolander style. <laughs> I think I'd win in a foot race, to be honest. But that's just me, Joe. Maybe. I've never had more people notice my cold in my entire life. Like everyone I've spoken to on the phone, put on your socks, all of it. Vinny, it's because you just talk so much that when That's you sound true. different, we all notice immediately. That's true. That's true. It's like it's like when your bald friend takes off their hat for the first time and you're like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, but Joe, we all know you're bald. Just kidding. I'm going to be bald too. I'm not even making fun. My spot has already begun on back top. So, Oh, yeah. It, it, it's all right. I wear a hat. Or, and the secret is I just got a haircut. You just got to keep the hair short. Yep. You look good. Oh, thanks, buddy. You too, man. And it's funny because I, you did your put on your socks videos all weekend. And I, well, I didn't do it on Easter because we took the day off, but I didn't notice your cold until today. So I think it's all coming out. So hopefully when I wake up tomorrow, fingers crossed, I don't like broadcasting it because, you know, there I like people who, when they're sick, they tell everyone like that's yeah. not me. 
Yeah, no, that's not me either. That is not me either, gentlemen. But we're just cruising along through today's show. And, you know, our next segment, we're going to talk about a hot take. And it's the segment we like to call the guaranteed take. So, guys, I, I, I had an idea for this week's guaranteed take, and I just want to throw it out there and get your guys' raw, honest reaction. Uh, it just seems to me that home run balls are just there's just a drastic uptake in home runs this year. It just feels ridiculous. Um, I don't know if it's just because the Sox had two games where they gave up five home runs or more, but uh, I have to throw it out there. Did the balls in the Major League Baseball this year feel juiced? Because home runs appear to be trending up. And uh, I just have a hunch that Major League Baseball has a bunch of juice balls out there. Am I am I crazy? I'm just curious what you guys think about it, what the chat thinks about it, because uh, baseball has been a lot of a lot of long balls. I mean, Aaron Judge homeward in his first at bat. Well, I tell you, if anybody can get a hold of Zach Hample, we will know for sure whether or not these balls are juiced. <laughs> He's but, not allowed on any of my podcasts. I know. I'm just kidding. I wouldn't want anything to do with the guy. I wouldn't have anything nice to say to him anyways. If there's anybody who could guarantee it, though, it would probably be him in all reality. As far as the rest of it goes, I mean, we know for sure last year they were, right? Like, they admitted to it. The The rules were literally, they sprinkled them in here and there, except for at Yankee Stadium, they were used all the time. And there was one other ballpark where they, I think it was Coors Field, they used the dead balls rather than the juice balls. Mm-hmm. If I remember right, it was those two stadiums yeah. where they intentionally used different balls. And then the rest were kind of just sprinkled in here and there. So nobody really knew if the balls were juiced or not. And this year, um, I got to say, I haven't watched any games other than the Sox. Like, to be perfectly honest, excuse me. And to me, I got to say no. I don't think so. The White Sox, I think, are hitting more home runs because they have a new hitting coach that uh, we talked about right here on this show with a White Sox player The approach is different and guys like his approach and they usually tend to rake when they use his approach. Right. So as far as the white Sox go, I think that can be chalked up to that. As far as the rest of the league goes, um, I don't know. Uh, the Sox pitchers have been bad this year. (laughs) That's all there really is to it. Aside from, I mean, even Dylan Cease hasn't been his normal self so far this season. From start to finish, the Sox pitchers have been pretty shaky. They're finally starting to settle in. So if the balls are juiced, I guess that could lend some credence as to why they're giving up so many home runs. But until they pitch better, I I think it's just an excuse. All right. Well, Vinny, I'm curious your take. And as you do that, I'm going to do a quick tally here for how many home runs have happened so far this year. Did you say runs were up or home runs were up? Uh, home runs. Well, I guess it's probably both, but yeah, runs being up, I expected the pitch clock, the shift, everything changes. That <clears throat> it seems to me like people are stealing more often. You can only have two disengagements, and then you're allowed to make a third. But if you don't get them out, it's a balk. Um, so I mean, r- the really fast guys are going to be going more often. That'll lead to more leadoff singles coming around to score. Because, you know, say so-and-so, Gordon on the Twins, 
leads off with a single, steals second because the pitcher and catcher have no chance to get him. Now he's on second, no outs. Buxton comes up, base hit, single, scores. I mean, that that's going to happen more often this season, I think. Um, but as far as the balls being juiced, I think we need a little bit more of a sample size. Giancarlo Stan hasn't hit one 500 feet yet. So, you know, and that's pretty much all he's good for at this point. Um, I don't know. I, I think we need a little bit more of a sample size. I think Zim's on to something thinking that they're not. And I think you're on to something thinking that they are because it could really be argued either way at this point. Um, I have noticed the ball's been in play a little bit more. And there's been a little bit more exciting like brands of baseball. Like, oh, there's been more plays at the plate. And O'Neill Cruz isn't going to be the last person to get hurt at these close plays to the plate either this year. Um, it's going to be an interesting season. These new rules do make baseball look and feel a little bit different. The game was over today. I, I think it was right around three hours. Yeah. Which is like it's when you're at home it's awesome. When you're there it kind of stinks. But mm-hmm. you know, we'll see. I, I do I like juiced balls? Sometimes, actually. I, yeah. I like juiced balls more than <clears throat> that's for sure. Yeah. Hundred percent. What was that? I like juiced balls more than I like juiced balls. Yeah. Exactly. And if that gives you the same effect, then, you know, absolutely. And it also creates more strikeouts, I think, because if guys knows the baseballs are juiced, they're going to have a swing for the fences. Yeah. Yeah. And that'll create more whiffs and guys like Dylan Cease and Jacob DeGrom and Shohei Otani (sighs) and Alcantara and guys like that who are sick are going to create more swings and misses, which Alcantara, if you ever... If you're a White Sox fan and like Dylan Cease has one bad start this year, or like you're freaking out over Lance Lynn's one bad start, take a look at what Miami Marlins ace did today. Uh, nine runs on 10 hits or something like that. Like a unanimous Cy Young Award winner last year. It happens. I think this has just as much to do with the pitch count as it does with the, uh, the balls themselves. Like, Guys have had to change their approaches on the mound. You know, the, Mark Burley used to be the only guy who threw this fast, and it was like an anomaly that he would throw this quickly. And now right. everybody has to do it. And like for for everybody to go from like taking their time to having to be Mark freaking Burley, who like looked like he ran a marathon every time he came off the field because he was just so active and working. You know, think about a guy like like Mike Clevenger, who oddly enough has been one of the better pitchers for the Sox this year. Think about his delivery, his motion. And then you have a 20 second pitch clock. He never stops moving on the mound. Never. I I don't think I saw that guy sit still for more than about a half a second at any point during either of his starts this year. And sooner or later, that's going to probably catch up to him and other guys it's already affected. So the fact that they, really have to make up their minds quickly. They don't get to shake off pitches anymore. They don't get to really, they have to have a plan with their catcher. If they're not calling their own game before the pit or before the batter comes to the plate, you almost have to have every scenario and every count already predetermined. Otherwise you're, you're on the spot making poor decisions. You know, it, it goes from being chess to being speed chess and, as we all, you know, if you've ever watched a game of speed chess, it's not the same guys that are, you know, the top ELO scores in the world for chess. I yeah. believe it. 
they talked about uh, Kenta Maeda too on the broadcast today. Um, in his first start or his most recent start, he went five strong, and then in the sixth inning, it looked like he was out of gas. And they yeah. were talking about how like he typically is a guy who like works it out, long starts, you know, multiple, you know, good. Yeah, six, he's seven, usually a seven starts. to eight inning guy, right? Yeah, and it, he was out of gas after the fifth, and he normally works a little bit slower. And you you see that a lot of the times with the Japanese players specifically too, who everything is so fundamentally correct for them. And like I love watching the mechanics of the Japanese players who come over because everything is just flawless. They only, you know, the American guys and the Cuban guys, they come up to the point and they're like, you know, let me get this, let me get this chain. And like the Japanese guys are just like, we're just gonna All go business, up there and be per- exactly. And so with a guy like Maeda, um, you know, you could see why. But the pitch clock it affects everything, and um. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out this year. I do agree it's, with Sim, Clev being efficient so far, even though he's one of those guys who walks up on the mountain, he's shaking everything just dude, like I, and that he's game like, in Houston, you know, like he was, he was, he looked like he was in the shower in between innings. He was so sweaty from all the humidity in Houston. Yeah, like I That's feel for guys does. like that. I want to bring it back real quick, guys, to the to the juice ball thing for a second, just because as we were here, I tallied up the total amount of home runs in Major League Baseball. This is through the website right now. I mean, there may be some games tonight that it's not fully updated, but as of right now, how how far are we into the season? About two weeks? Uh, yeah, most teams yeah. are at eight. Ten to 12 uh, games. Nine to 12 games, yeah. All right, guys, curious what you guys think. The total amount of home runs in Major League Baseball is – roughly at this moment I, I got the number tallied through the major league website so there's been like 300 games played yeah roughly i'm gonna say 350 i think that's low i'm gonna guess 525 Wow. Okay. Maybe balls aren't juiced. Vinny, you're pretty much nailed it on the head. Uh, it's 348 is the current number of home runs well, in Major League Baseball. Dude, that's good, man. I took Where's my stick? I just averaged 16 home runs per team across 32 teams, even though there's only 30 teams in MLB. Yeah. Well, you got to think about how, like, you know, a lot of teams in the league have not really hit a lot of home runs this year. Like not every game has a home run, not even close. And then you got the White Sox giving up six in one game or seven in one game. And that's where like things average out. And it depends on ballparks. Like there's not a lot of home runs hit at target field really. Or, you know, the, the, um, I'm assuming that the Braves probably don't give up a lot of home runs. I know Detroit, everything is, uh, every home run is far in Detroit. So like, right. You know, look how many homers the Rays have. They got 25. Dude, the Rays are off to one of the most wicked starts I've ever seen to a season. Anybody's ever seen to a season. I mean, it's it's bananas. What is They're your take right now? What is your guys' take on this, though? And I'll read you this. Um, this tweet came from my friend who most of White Sox Twitter hates, uh, Ted, Twins Ted, who him and I secretly have an alliance between the White Sox and Twins uh-huh. um, because we do it for content. But wait, Ted's Twitter isn't loading. I'm trying to figure out. The Rays have only played bad teams. All of their yeah. games are against bad teams, but they're 10 and 0. 
And in my opinion, I don't give a crap who they played. This is Major League Baseball. I don't care if you played, you know, the worst team in the league all season long. You win your games, you're in it. Like, I, the White Sox would not be 10-0 and against these four teams. No, no shot. But the White Sox aren't the Rays. Yeah. Let's, be, let's be fair about that right up front. Look, here's the thing, though. It's Major League Baseball. It's not the NFL. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, sure, Major League Baseball. It's hard to go 10-0 and over any stretch. But if there's a sport where you're going to go 10-0 and over a stretch more often than not, it's going to be the sport where you play 162 games a year. You know, it's impressive, no doubt. The fact that they've played crappy teams, in my opinion, does make it a little less impressive. The numbers are staggering. I mean, it's wild. But baseball is a game of averages, right? There's a reason we use the batting average, the on-base percentage, the slugging percentage. We use percentages. We use averages. We don't use 10-0. and 0. Nobody gives a damn about 10-0. and 0. Yeah, 25 you know, home runs is more 25 home runs over a 10 game stretch to me is more impressive than 10 and 75 RBIs over a 10 game stretch is a yeah. hundred times more impressive than 10 and 0 to me. The numbers yeah. they're putting up is what's impressive. The record. I don't care about the record. I really don't. Cause they're going to come back down to earth sooner. Like they're not going to go 162 and 0 period. Done. See who's End third of on, look who's third on this list. <laughs> the Giants, yeah. And how about 10 of those came against the White Sox? Yeah, yep. the, the White Sox contributed to that. But, like, I, I agree. I, you know, you made me think, Zim, and do I still think they're a really, really good team and, like, will be a playoff team, World Series contender? Absolutely. But I'm not crowning them after four series because they're 10-0 and against some bad teams. Now, I don't know if another team – like, will a team win 10 in a row this season? It's not Probably guaranteed. Not. It's possible. No, yeah. But like you're right, Sim. If the if the Chiefs started four and zero, and they beat the Bears, the Texans, the Jet, oh, not the Jets. The Jets have Aaron Rodgers now, or will the this Raiders, happened in the, this the happened Raiders in the NFL last year, guys. Yeah, and nobody yeah, would the Pittsburgh care. Steelers. Yeah, and right. nobody would nobody They're would like nine and zero, right? Yeah. yeah, but then people looked at who they were nine and zero against, and it was like, well, they probably should be nine and zero. Yeah, like they're still a good team. No one's crapping on their team, but right. like we're not crowning them as the Super Bowl champions but, until. But this is what I'm looking at. I'm seeing 25 home runs on 92 hits. That means that every time they put a ball in play and it finds the ground, over 25 percent of the time, almost 30 percent of the time, that ball's landing in the stands. Yeah, 27 percent. Right? Yeah, 75 RBIs on 92 hits. You're telling me that only 17 times. In this entire, you know, I obviously there's sack flies and RBI groundouts and stuff like that, but effectively, 92 times they've put the ball on the mm-hmm. ground in play without getting an out, and 70 and 17 times it has not resulted in a run. Also, impressively as well, there's only 65 strikeouts too. Which yeah, is impressive. They're yeah. just a wildly disciplined team right now, beating up on bad teams. I mean, it's, it's what you want to see a good team do to bad teams. It's what we, it's, it's what we saw the Yankees do two years ago. It's what we saw the Cubs do in 2016. It's what we saw our White Sox do in 2005. 
Tigers, Nationals, A's, Red Sox. I have all four of those teams in last place in their division at the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting conversation. At the end of the day, we started out about uh, the juice balls. And I think it all circles back to the pitch clock. And I think the pitch clock is going to affect so many things this season. Yeah, it already I has. Think, uh, yeah, I mean, look at the look at the stolen bases and, and, and how it's affected that. I mean, there's going to be a lot. Anytime you change a rule like that, right? Like in any sport, you change a rule like that, there's going to be, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Things that appear unrelated, like I was talking about earlier, things that appear unrelated that are actually direct correlations. It's just you didn't think of the way the ripples would flow. And there's always there's coaching, there's managing. Like when they added three on three overtime in hockey, we didn't have a shootout for like two months. Man, and then coaches started to realize like how to defend. They like they ruined three on three yeah. overtime because there was more scheming involved instead of it just being free play. And now shoot ups, shootouts, they're not what they were pre three on three by any means, but they've come up again a little bit. And it's like okay, let's extend three on three, please, NHL. Now speaking of three on three and rule changes, this ghost runner is terrible. The the runner on second and extra innings, three on three yeah. for extra innings in baseball as well. Pitcher, catcher, fielder. That would be cool. <laughs> I do know. That'd be wild. I can't remember who told me because I, I probably wouldn't have a problem saying it. But I do know that players, coaches, and front offices all love the runner on base rule. And that's why it hasn't gone anywhere. I don't get it. Like, as it, it, somebody who, like, still act. I mean, granted, I play a bastardized version of the game and playing slow pitch softball. Like as somebody who still actively goes out there and plays and competes from week to week, that just sounds awful to me. Like beat me mano a mano, man. It's so you you don't, it's for the bullpen. And it's also for watchability of the game. You talk about making games shorter. They're not going to have these games that go like into like the 19th inning. You're not going to see that anymore. Well, you shouldn't. Was I think there was one, the Cubs, the Cubs Yankees last year. It's always the Cubs. <laughs> Leave yeah. it to them to ruin everything, right? Yeah, they're <laughs> annoying. I think they won in a walk off today. Yeah, but regardless, someone like, in the chat said I did. I don't know. Fun. I I understand doing things for the watchability of the game. Doing things. It was Foster who mentioned it in the chat. Um, I understand doing things for the watchability of the game and for speeding up the pace of play and and all that good stuff. Right? Totally get it. Totally on board. I think there's a better way to do it that we just haven't found yet. Well, it's a learning process, but they're modernizing the game. And so far they're doing a pretty good job with it for the most yeah. part. So we'll see what happens, but guys, those are, that was a fun conversation. We've had a hell of a show guys. We've, we've just hit the two hour mark. Uh, again, we have to give a huge thank you to our guest, Ryan Lee and stadium host for your Chicago white Sox. Dude gave us an awesome interview and is just a fun all around dude. And, we wish him nothing but the best. Give him a follow on social media at Ryan Media Lee on Twitter and Instagram. Go find him right now. But, gents, uh, we've hit that point of the show where we're going to hop into shout-out territory, and then we're going to giddy on up out of here and watch a great week of White Sox baseball. But, uh, Zim, I'll, I'll let you start things off here for us, buddy. Yeah, man. Shout-out to uh, 
all the kids on my little league team, they showed up this week for opening weekend and uh, played their butts off. Those guys, uh, a, a lot of them had a, had a little wake-up call, understanding that baseball is a game about failure. And um, there's only room to grow from here. So I'm really excited for this season. It was a really good first game. Um, Did you DFA and, anybody? And no, no, actually, no. Um, I thought <laughs> about kidding. it. I thought about yeah. it. There were a couple. There, there was definitely one kid where I was like, I, I don't know, but uh, we're gonna give him. We're gonna give him one more spot on the mound. We'll see how it, how there it works go. out. And uh, <laughs> at any rate, um, no, th- this league is gonna be really great this year. It's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. The parents have been awesome, which I know is always like a hesitancy for some people with little league sports. And no, it's just been great. Um, shout out to. I don't know. Shout out to you guys being awesome. Shout out to my family for the support that we've been getting this last week or so. It's been necessary. Um, And we got a wedding coming up in two weeks. So uh, Joe, shout out to you for what I know is going to be a great show because you're going to find some awesome guests to fill the time while I'm not there. (laughs) You give me more credit than I'm due, but I appreciate it. Joe, I'm serious. You better find a good guest. We'll we'll book we'll we'll book like Steve Van Zant. There you go. Why don't you just see if uh if Big Hurts free that night? That I actually I have a way we can get him in my back pocket. And you're and literally I, just now telling us. <clears throat> no, because it's it's I'm waiting for the right moment. I'm kidding, man. And I think I know the right moment. I think the right moment is when the Field of Dreams game would have been this year because there's no Field of Dreams game this year. And Frank Thomas is on. There are two sides to the there are two sides to the committee. They're kind of like MLB and MLBPA. There's two sides to it. Frank Thomas is on like the league slash players side. And he's like he's a majority uh I don't know if he's majority or minority stockholder in the Field of Dreams property, but he's going to say he just purchased part of it. He's big into the Field of Dreams and it's going to return in 2024. They're taking an off year in 2023 to like, I don't know, get stuff together because last year's was last year's was decent. I, you know, I'm going to know I'm the Cub hater, but I actually enjoyed it. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, I think around there would be a good time to aim for him. We'll see if we can make that happen, but that'd be cool. I love that, man. That's great. <clears throat> Zim, any final thoughts on your uh, shout out before we move on? No, just, um, you know, shout out to everybody in the chat room. It's, it's been awesome. And, and Ryan Lee was a great guest and, uh, I, I have really a lot of fun with you guys every week in and out. I know I get ridiculous sometimes, but I appreciate you guys for uh, no, hearing me out and sticking with it. Appreciate it, buddy. Vinny Parisi. What do you got? My friend. My girlfriend, Katie, is amazing. She's my number one shout-out every week, no matter what. Um, wouldn't be able to do anything I do without you, so thank you very much. Um, I'm looking forward to everything we have in the future. JP, Joseph Parisi, his birthday was Sunday, slash Easter. <laughs> Joe, don't get her started. Um, <laughs> um Joey Parisi's birthday was Sunday. He shared it with Jesus' resurrection. 
Um, no coincidence. And, no, yeah, and jo- Joey walked around. I'm I'm better than Jesus. Like that's what he would say. Um, or I'm you know celebrating my birthday is more important, which arguably it was. We had a banger on Saturday night, and Devils Bruins. Devils lost two to one. Sucks. Um, but yeah, I hope you had a great 26th birthday, man. Your Andrew Benintendi White Sox jersey will arrive soon. And I know Benintendi stunk so far for the most part. But Joey's a Red Sox fan, too. Like, he loves the Red Sox because he loves Boston. I mean, you guys know about Joey's love for Boston. Mm-hmm. So, Ben and Tendy coming over to the White Sox was great news in the Parisi household for sentimental reasons, if not more than actual rooting on the White Sox reasons. So, I hope he enjoys the Benny Buttcheeks jersey. Because even if Ben and Tendy goes on to be the worst signing in White Sox franchise history, JP and I will always appreciate him because of how fun 2018 was. So good for him. Happy it, birthday. Man. Those are my two shout outs for the week. Nice, man. I appreciate it, man. Did uh, did you know if, jo- if Joey, Joey had a, a good time in, in Las Vegas? Did he ever tell you? Yes, absolutely loved Vegas. He went to the game where the Golden Knights and Oilers scored a combined th- uh, 11 goals. And, you know, mm. he saw Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl just go absolutely off. Ryan Nugent Hopkins had four points, I think. Golden Knights scored a couple of goals, saw some of their big players have big games. So, and he enjoyed it. It was mostly a work thing, but it was also fun. Uh, he works for a bakery, so they went to, like, put some things on display. At, yeah, at the pizza convention. Even though he was on the dessert side of things, obviously. But, yeah, he had a great time. And he Love got me it, a puck. He got me a Golden Knights Oilers um, warm-up puck because the Oilers, if you've been watching Bar Down, have been my second favorite team this season. My second favorite team rotates based on who's fun. And I think I've watched like 70 Oilers games this season. Nice. So he, he knew I'd enjoy that. So thanks for the puck. Dog. Love it, man. Great stuff all around. And uh <clears throat> first and foremost, when I get to my shout outs, I want to thank our guest, Ryan Lee, for giving us just giving us 150% every time he's on the show. He's a great guy, and uh, he makes the ballpark fun. If you see him, go take a picture with him. Follow him on social media, at Ryan Media Lee. He's a great dude. Uh, of course, my number one shout-out in life is always my beautiful wife, Catherine. I couldn't do anything I do without you. Uh, I love you. You're my whole world. Uh, same thing with my little girl, my one-year-old, Audrey. She's just a bundle of joy. She is, she took 12 steps the other day, the guys she's, she's about ready to take off. She's still figuring out the whole balance thing, but like she's, she's got it. She's just figuring out how to balance. And then, then I'll never be able to catch her a day in my life. So I love her very much. And then my great Dane Maverick, he just celebrated his third birthday about uh, a couple weeks ago. So happy birthday, buddy. And I'm sure I'll take you out to the bathroom here in a few minutes. (laughs) And then, of course, uh, shout out to the whole chat room. Everyone's so into it, as always. Uh, really appreciate you guys tuning in every week. And whether you're listening on the podcast or watching on YouTube or whatever platform, we appreciate you. And last but not least, to the barkeeper himself, Aldo Gandia. We appreciate you for letting us do this every single week. And awesome job on these amazing graphics. He did the, the show headline graphic, the Ryan Lee graphic today, and then all the new segments. Um, just out of this world stuff, although you're the man, I really, really appreciate it. And then early shout out to Zim and, and Mrs. Zim on the on the wedding celebration coming up soon. Wish I could be there, buddy. Uh, just with the kid and everything, it didn't work out, but 
we'll get together here uh, sooner than later and we'll, we'll, we'll celebrate in our own way, but uh, congratulations, man. It's going to be a fun ride. Thanks buddy. We still got a couple weeks. I'll be here next week still. And then, on, then we'll be gone, but just an know. early shout out. That's all. That's, that's appreciated for sure. Hell time, yeah. I know, I know everyone's excited about it and, you guys are happy, and I, I saw. I always see the fun Facebook pictures all the time, man. It's always great. It's always fun to see that. Um, so now that we got shout outs out of the way, real quick minor note, Vin, before we do roll the credits, did did you see any of the announcements from Star Wars Celebration? Oh yeah, oh yeah, the Ray movie that's going to be cool. Looking forward to Ahsoka. Um, I got this here. Let me see. Shout out to Windy City. I got this here Amazon gift card, and I'm going to use that to purchase three books that will really help catch me up on Rebels, which is going to be paramount to enjoying, uh, which I'm going to watch Rebels too, make no mistake, but I've, okay. I've, I've been given information. I'll send you the link on these books that will help your understanding of some of these characters that are going to be in Ahsoka. So very much looking forward to that. Yeah, and the Dawn of the Jedi stuff, which is going to be before, like the the High Republic era movies, even before that. So that's going to be exciting. And then, of course, the Dave Filoni led uh, conclusion after Return of the Jedi, which is going to be probably the conclusion of the Mandoverse, uh, and what I think will probably end up being like the canon version of Heir to the Empire. We'll see what happens there. Yeah, but. Uh, all good stuff. And then, of course, they announced the casting of Grad Admiral Thawne. Lars Mikkelsen is going to be playing him. So that's huge news. That is huge. And a bunch of other casting information and, and fun stuff. But uh, those were the big takeaways this weekend. And uh, Star Wars nerds are pretty happy. The Ahsoka trailer is pretty awesome if you haven't seen it. Sure is. Can't wait. Outstanding stuff coming in august so during baseball season so i'm sure we'll end up talking about it again soon uh zim and other news tomorrow you get pokemon stadium on on switch aren't you excited about that uh i would be if i had time to play it (laughs) (laughs) i have not even picked up scarlet and violet in the last couple of weeks so um i did actually just purchase the scarlet and violet uh tcg expansion recently uh, finally got my hands on that and I got a I got a few cool chase cards over here but uh that's about the most exciting one is the gold rare nice but, well there you go man yeah that's, that's been that's stuff. been my recent excitement with the Pokemon universe uh like I said I just I haven't had a ton of time lately with everything that's going on in life so you know you'll be you'll be back. life slows down yeah you'll be back I mean it's, it's all a matter of time, buddy. But nonetheless, uh, fun entertainment stuff. We always do a little dabble in that at the end of the show anyway. Um, I didn't see the Mario movie, but I heard it was great. I'm sure we'll talk about that at some point in the future. But uh, Yeah, my uh, my oldest got to go out and see it this weekend in 4D. I uh, said it was quite the experience. Uh, I don't know what that means. I do not go to movie theaters anymore. Ever since uh, COVID hit and they all got shut down, I kind of used it as my excuse to stop going to the theater. I do not enjoy the movie theater experience. I know a lot of people love it. It's not for yeah, me. Yeah, I'm one of those guys that loves it. But I will say, I, I, I the, any of those 3D, 4D things, I can't stand it. So like 3D, I can't deal with. 
and then the 4D with like the water and your chair shakes. I'm like, I feel like I'm in like a cheap Chuck E. Cheese or something. So I'm going to pass on that. But I do want to see the movie. I do too. Vinny, yeah, if you grew a stash, you could totally be Mario right now. Oh, you yeah. Had, like the legit, like, here we go. And you got the red hat on and everything. So, absolutely. As soon as it's streaming, I'll check it out. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, well, what better note to end on than calling Vinny Super Mario? Um, Let's Lemieux. go. Mario Lemieux, anyway. Oh, that's, Mario. that's not how Mario sounds anymore. It's more like, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Mario, Mario Lemieux is not celebrated enough, in my opinion. I would agree. Super Mario was a hell of a hockey player, but uh, maybe he'll talk about it on this week's Bar Down. That's a quick reminder for everyone. Tune into Vinny on Bar Down Blackhawks. Well, it's not Bar Down Blackhawks, just Bar Down Hockey and Crosstown Crosstalk this week on the Barroom Network. Of course, today you had Greg Gabriel talking football as well. The draft is coming up. You can subscribe to the Barroom Network Draft Patreon and learn all that stuff from Greg Gabriel and Danny Shimon. It's only 10 bucks. You can head over there and check it out. Um, but on that note, gentlemen, tons of great stuff coming up this week. The White Sox got some great games. We're looking forward to watching them. And uh, it's been a hell of a show. Again, huge thanks to Ryan Lee and thanks to all you guys. You, Steve, and I, Steve, I called you Steve. What the hell's wrong with me? It's Zim. Uh, it's Zim and Vinny. I'll never call you Steve again. Sorry. Um, on that note, it's time to get out you of were. here. It's fine. No, I, yeah, you're probably right. Sorry. You didn't call him a hole. <laughs> you called him his real name. No, it's Steven. It's not Steve. Oh, got it. Got it. He will, he will correct you. And I remember the one time he told me, he's like, dude, don't call me Steve. I'm like, oh, dude, right. I feel so bad. I was calling you Steve for like a year. And my family gets to call me that. People I meet in the music scene, people I meet uh, on the baseball field. I use it in certain applications. That's all. Did you notice on the graphic, even Aldo had called you Zim Zimmerman? He didn't even put Steven or Steve. I'm like, I love it. (laughs) That is funny. That is pretty funny, actually. I kind of like it. Like Chaz Michael Michaels. (laughs) That's right. I'm just going to have him put Jean Valjean for me on the show next time. <laughs> That's all right. Get a classical music, get a musical joke to end the show. What better way to do it? But anyway, it's been the longest ending of the show ever. We're going to get out of here. It's two hours and 20 minutes. We appreciate you guys for tuning in to South Burbs Hitman for the South Burbs Hitman. I'm Joe Mandel. That's Steven Zimmerman. And the guy with the hockey stick below, that's Vinny Parisi. We will see you guys next week. And as always, go White Sox. Go White Sox.